Welcome back, everybody, to Rogue Opinions and the Rogue Retro Smackdown Review. How do you? I have Scott McLeod, as usual, joined by Paul Brown. Hello. How are you feeling today, Paul? I'm feeling just chill, Scott, just chill. You're, you're just very, very chill, yeah, aren't you? Very, very chill, yeah, very chill. Yeah. You're I'm very much looking forward to talking about this particular episode. Yes, you're a lot, you're a lot more relaxed than usual, aren't you? I am, I'm a little more herbally influenced, shall we say. <laughs> shall we say. You know what? It will not be a detriment to his analysis. He's the same on the ball, Paul. He's always. I been. am. I am on the ball, Paul. On the yeah. ball, Paul. <laughs> he just fell that right off the top of my head. Aren't I? That was just fantastic. Yeah. I'm just so no. clever. <laughs> as as we said on our own show, I I unfortunately fell down my stairs mm-hmm. and skinned my back. Oh, you see, you're a regular Shawn Michael, aren't you? I am. I am. And now my back feels a lot better, but it looks terrible because I've got a big fucking purple bruise on my spine. Mm. So. I'm I'm in fine form, you know. But let's say the purple. Where is it on the scale? Which you know, kind, on, kind it... of on like Undertaker once he went away from the grey. Ah, kind of purple. No, not not in the darker, say, Cody torn pet kind of purple. No, second 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 form of Undertaker purple. Ah, yeah, kind of purple. Yeah, SummerSlam '94 Undertaker purple. I see. I know. Yeah, there you go. I I I I was surprised when we reviewed that show. You said you preferred grey gloves to purple gloves. I prefer purple gloves. No, I I often preferred grey gloves because mm. see, when I first got into Undertaker, mm. I got into you know, golden era, well, mm. late golden era, I suppose original Taker, right? mm-hmm. but late golden era Taker, you know, the funeral dirge, mm-hmm. Paul Bearer coming out with the only original one, you know, uh-huh. and just this ominous slow. Thing walking yeah. into the ring, you know. Even his matches back then were so methodical. It wasn't. He didn't move very quickly, but when he did, it was like, "Oh fuck, where did I come from?" Mm. And then you go back to just kind of pummeling a guy. Mm-hmm. It was always cool. And now Jacob, we're going to talk about this. Says it doesn't move very quickly. That's not to do with his character. He's, <laughs> he's just he's just knackered. He's just knackered. I eh? blown yeah. up, as we say. Aye, blown up. Oh. I'm tired. You rode down to the ring. You saved the energy that way, you lazy <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I mean, we were we weren't as impressed with the la- with last week's episode. We we spent time talking about all sorts of things, including Undertaker's bloody nipples. Well, oh. you insisted on talking about Undertaker's nipples. Did I? Yes. Oh, see, you don't even remember the. No, no. That just proves how bad the goddamn episode is. We're talking about his epi- his goddamn nipples. Yeah, well, you you keep insisting on bringing up the nipples. Yeah, but this episode I think is a lot better than last week. We were, I think we we're a bit more optimistic about this one. I mean, yeah, not the greatest episode, but still, still pretty decent. Yeah, there's a lot more going on. It was, it feels I felt like there should have been more building towards the actual preview, but we got so we still got like two nice, episodes nice after little, this. Nice little elements of story progression in this episode, though. Yeah, you know, some of it I thought was a bit like got it got my blood up a wee bit. It was like, <laughs> oh, but definitely good story progression. This is the 7th of September episode of Mad in the Year 2000. In the UK, the number one movie is Scary Movie. Yes, man. <laughs> that movie's brilliant. <laughs> so it is. That movie's brilliant. I feel like I'm, I feel like a, a, a kinship with Shorty at the moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> number one movie in the US, The Watcher. What is The Watcher I hear you ask? I'll I, I, I've heard of that, but I... Enlighten me, Scott. Enlighten me. It is apparently, according to a brief, and I mean brief Wikipedia search, because <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, care very much to look up. Uh, 
is a a some sort of thriller uh, that came out of this time starring Jane Spader, Keanu Reeves, and, and Marissa Tomei regarding uh, a FBI agent being stopped by a serial killer. I feel like, considering the cast that you told me is in this, I feel like I may enjoy that mm-hmm. because I really like James Spader. Yeah, he's cracking. He's in lots of cool things. Yeah, like yeah. Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. You know, so James Spader and Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Got to be good. Yeah. There you go. I don't. I don't really recall it, but you know, there. There are certain. There are certain films. So many often, I remember what the film is when we go through these. Like not only here, but on our retro reviews on Scott and Paul's round podcast, where I talk about, oh, here was the number one film at the time, and it's usually something quite novel. And sometimes there's films like this where my stuff just came and then it was away and yeah. didn't make as much of an impact, regardless of the cast. Oh, it's, it's like a film I really enjoy it's a really good sci-fi movie yeah but most people don't talk about it The Core ever seen that? no oh it's a crack movie The The Earth stops The Core mm-hmm. stops moving mm-hmm. and it's fucking up the planet so a team of science people and like shit like that build a machine uh-huh. to you know Drill to the centre of the goddamn earth to get the core going again with nukes. Mm-hmm. It, it's a very good movie. Who's in it? Yeah. Ah. Uh, you know the guy from Frasier? You know, what What did you do? Oh, I punched a raccoon. No? Ah, uh, you know, you know, you know the dating agent guy Frasier fancies in the later seasons? No, the dating agent chick that he ends up. He's a guy, though. Oh yeah, her. I don't know. I can't remember the name of the actress. Like it's all on top of my head. Well, she yeah. the guy that plays her man. Oh yeah, Aaron Ecker or whatever. He's in it. He's the star in it. Hmm. He, he doesn't usually interest me, if I'm honest with you. No, he's in it, and uh, um. But no, there's this there's this woman. She's famous in it, but I can't remember what her goddamn name is. Uh-huh. But she's in it, and there's this famous black dude in it, and this flame, famous uh, French dudes in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, JD Swales, I think that his name is. He's in it. Mm-hmm. He's a little weird looking dude. JD who? Swales, I think his name is. Quails. Quails. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's his name. Little weird looking dude. Uh-huh. Are you looking it up? I'm looking it up right now. Cool. The core. Yeah, great movie. It isn't even let's see. I see. I see. You're talking about yeah, yeah. Hillary Swank, I think was Hillary Swank. Yeah. That's a goddamn name. Then again, I don't blame you for for not remembering. Sorry, not, not entirely blown away. I know Stanley Tucci's in it as I'm reading here, but I'm entirely blown away by the casting here. But yeah, I can see why that. I don't remember that movie as you. <laughs> it's a good movie. I'm sure it is. At least see it before you judge. I'm not. I'm not judging it. So, Caitlin. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, we're not gonna have any issues. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but SmackDown. Uh, there's so much that happened on the Raw before this. It would be nice if we got one of those dramatic recap packages at the start of it. We did not, though. But we didn't. No. So. Do you happen to know what went on before it? Yes, yeah, so this is well. I do these. I do this thing where I do make the notes for Raw, and I every day I'm 
brewing we get further on and quicker and quicker to the point where we're on SmackDown goes their separate ways, <laughs> so I don't have to watch Raw. <laughs> we know that another uh, Raw's bad, just extra work for me. Yeah. Work, he says. Oh, I need to watch another extra bit of wrestling from years ago with all these people that I liked. <laughs> and they're prime. Aye. Uh, well, we're all got a recap of the whole thing of Triple H getting arrested, which... I, uh, How'd he get arrested? Remember there was the uh, was the complaint about spousal abuse when he someone claimed that he hit Stephanie when he didn't he? And oh, all yeah, things seemed yeah. to point to her angle, but yeah. So then, so then Stephanie had to accompany Angle to his match with Eddie Guerrero last week. Oh, I found uh, the guys over at ESSR did a review of WrestleMania 19 as well, and they were talking about the Triple H Booker T match. And Chris, who does his research on that show, Chris Murray, he. That brought up this incident with Triple H getting arrested. Like, yeah, years later, Triple H would say, I've never been in trouble with the law. Booker T's a criminal. You don't want a criminal as your world champion. You don't want a guy who's been arrested as your world champion. Like, yeah, you were arrested in 2000 on, a, on suspicion of spousal abuse. <laughs> so you have been arrested, you liar. <laughs> yeah, but Triple H forgets that years later. He does. He yeah. does. And not even that many years later. I know. He's carrying that big gold belt around you, doesn't he? Yeah. anything before that. He really, Triple H really was the best looking dude with that belt. Yeah. Because, that was his belt. And also, arguments can be said, and rightfully so, that there are some people he should have lost it to. Maybe he shouldn't have had the reins go off for as long as he did. But then again, you can't deny it aesthetically. It was his belt. Yeah. It's like Sean with a winged eagle. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, more often it does help that they've had a long reins with a belt that makes you think that had it for quite a while and quite a mm. long time from me watching it when I was first getting into wrestling when I seen the big gold belt it was usually around bloody <laughs> Triple H's waist so that will, that will do it but Triple H does come out with Stephanie's start off for all and he tells me you know I've done a lot of bad things in my career I've done a lot of what can be called reprehensible things and for the most part I don't regret any of them <laughs> you know I've always taken well it's time to take payback for what I've done I've always faced it head on. People chant, asshole. <laughs> you know, maybe I am an asshole. But I've always accepted the consequences of my actions. One thing I do not accept. Slut, slut, slut. <laughs> is that. <laughs> but one other thing I don't accept is being accused of something I didn't do. So I want whoever accused me, whoever made that phone call to the cops, to come out here and take what's coming to them. <laughs> Out comes Mick Foley, uh, and Foley starts playing detective. Like I have been launching a thorough investigation. Maybe it was Stephanie, <laughs> and start all pointing figures like, or maybe it was you, Triple. Maybe you called the cops. You know, what better way to get sympathy from your wife and her wandering eye than to get arrested for something you didn't do? And then Triple's like, How do I know you didn't do it? Remember, I retired you and all that. You're like, hmm. Maybe it was somebody else, and then Angle comes in like, I hope you're not accusing me, uh, you're questioning my integrity. <laughs> you know, and then he goes, like, you know, maybe if we should point to his former love interest, China, you know, someone who clearly Triple H still has the hots for, and she clearly feels this. And then China comes in like, it's not me, and then they, they're like, oh, well, well, it's Eddie Guerrero. Like, nobody comes out with each other in this segment. Like, we need to draw this fucking thing out for... Yeah. He has to go exactly 15 minutes, this whole thing. I had to draw it out. Well, maybe it's you. No, maybe it's you. 
Or you? Or you? Just going to walk up to people in the crowd. Was it you? <laughs> Was it you? Or you? You look like a. You look suspicious over there. You in the <laughs> third row. Who else can we point at? You. Uh, okay, Mike Foley thinks he's turned this whole case into bloody who shot Mister Burns. Jeez. <laughs> but uh. Then so he starts to conduct a little pull like, do you think the person who got was a hardcore legend, Mick Foley? Ooh, you think it was Triple H? Ooh, nobody's really like, and he runs past Kurt Angle who's on the ramp and Tina and Eddie at the top, so he does the right people in the ring, runs past him. Was it the United Wonder of the World, China? And he has, he has to move his arm up because he almost grabs it by the tip when he does the arm thing. It's like it was an intentional bit of comedy. <laughs> do you think it was her Latin lover, Eddie Guerrero? Ooh. <laughs> Then this leaves one suspect, and I go, hold on, he tries to talk his way out of it and everything, and then he goes, do you think it was? Do you love me gold medals? Kurt Angle. <laughs> so basically, all that dance about the obvious thing that everyone thinks is Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Which had to be drawn out for exactly 15 minutes. But then they took it another direction, and like, cause like he, as he goes to drag Kurt back, he's like, you and me are going to have a little talk with the authorities. <laughs> and then out comes Tess and Trish Stratton, and like, but what what purpose do you have out here, Test? You you once you lost Stephanie, you 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 lost the right to be in these kind of segments. <laughs> For Test, though, and then he basically says like, "Oh, Triple H, you remember back in November it was going to be the greatest night of my life. It's supposed to be my wedding night." Triple H, because the Triple H, Triple H is smiling and laughing at at Test like, "Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> we made you look like a dick." <laughs> That's the kind of body language he's giving off. Yeah. Like, I might be smiling, but I'm not even pretending, but it was well funny. Oh, I, I got the woman and everything, ha I got the woman and I'm well more popular than you'll <laughs> ever be, ha You're a dick. <laughs> You've got nothing. <laughs> anyway, and then Tess basically admits they didn't really care what they like, Oh, everything that's happened, that was supposed to be me. I was supposed to get the money. I was supposed to get the power. <laughs> But you didn't. So like fucking Omar, first you get the power, then you you'll get, get the money, then you'll get the women, then you'll get the title shots. <laughs> but no for test. No title shots. No. European and tag, right? Mm. That was what he got. Former hardcore a couple of times as well. Did he ever run the IC? Yes, yes, he did. Oh, so he won every title but a big belt. Pretty much every... Other than one or two hardcore titles that he's had, like he had one at the start of 2000, I think he has one or two other ones. Didn't he win the ECW belt? No, he challenged for it. One of his last proper matches was challenging for the WWE version of the ECW title. Yeah. But, looks like, I think other than that, next year in 2001 is a banner year for a test in terms of title wins. Like, they try everything, they give him pretty much all the, 90% or 80% of his of what titles he would win in WWE happen next year. So, and <laughs> none of them get him to the level. What he wants to be, so they well, they they want him probably to be. They all every so often after this, they would decide from two thousand one to two thousand and six, or it started then. So when he left, every so often they decide we want to do something with Test. Why don't people care about Test? Because you made him look like a twat. Yes, like literally, I what like night after Armageddon. Several weeks go by where randomly Test does something with DX. He gets beaten down and gets very little, you know, retribution, and then suddenly just transition like. Okay, now he's fighting the boss, man. Oh, look, Tess is hardcore champion now. Forget about his thing with Stephanie and all that we spent yeah. months doing. 
like mm-hmm. they gave them very stop start push and stop start storylines. Mm-hmm. But but also a sad thing for Tessa. I don't think he was ever the best talker either. No, he need he needed a he needed a mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Which is why he and Albert were fucking put with Trish Stratus probably the first. Well, there were several reasons. So that's probably third or fourth. Yeah, <laughs> but I shouldn't talk about that about Trish Stratus because remember what she's done. She's nobody's childhood fantasy. You know? No, she did. Wasn't that a good promo? It was a great promo. Yeah. Uh, uh, but like so Tess and this bro oh I, I don't believe a single word he says when he's, in, like, he's talking he mentions everything that happens and he's like so you know what I, I'm sick of it so also months months later <laughs> he's gonna say like so I took it upon myself make a little phone call to the cops and he basically says that he's the one who phoned yeah the he's the one who phoned the boss which I don't believe for a second I'm waiting for the big reveal which would I'm waiting for the swerve, which we didn't get here. I'm hoping it comes on Raw next week because this is just... Otherwise, like it's just a weird detour for TNA. Yeah. But well, like, having them doing nothing and then, like, oh, back to this story again. Like, decent enough feud with the Hardys, even if it was more about Trish and Leah, but it's still a decent spot for them. Like, they had that match at yeah. and that. You know, and then, well, now they're in this... So, like, See, that's, sorry to cut off, right? yeah. that's the way a lot of those teams back then kind of petered out a little. Yeah. You know, we, we'd get these starts, and like you say, like TNA having a good sort of light sort of feud with the Hardys. Yeah. But it could have led to something that could have elevated both teams, because TNA could have been a good team. Yeah. You know, but a lot of teams then, like, like in that same yeah. kind of vein as TNA, like Glenn, Kai and Ty, mm-hmm. you know certain elements or f- forms, formations of the right to censor. Yeah. So many of them could have been pushed, but never got there. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. But, you know, so then Foley said, like, oh, but instead of just saying he's going to have a talk with the authorities, that way Tess, I think he said, ah, oh, Tess is much bigger than me. Yeah. He decides to pick a match between Tess and Triple H on Raw. And when that's just fine, because Triple H... Paybacks and your wife have a lot in common. They're both a bitch. That <laughs> truly went, oh no, no, I can't. I'm not laughing now. He gets his serious face on. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes to probably we test on the ramp, but then gets into a thing with Angle and Test at the same time mm. as Foley and a group of referees failed to try and break them up. <laughs> as, as is always the case. Uh-huh. But uh, hey, I'll just mention that. But probably fans are very easy. Uh, from Albert to get involved in the match mm. and very easily beats uh, Test, so that was worth it. Oh, totally. That was really worth But this also ties into another story, like, because coming out of this, there was maybe China versus Kurt one on one for the IC title yeah. because of the stuff that happened with Eddie last week. And so instead of being a one on match, you have this weird wooden stand that fully set up around in a big open space. They like open like parking lot area. Mm. It's a point where Taz is shouting him, Hey Foley and Beast Baxter, Foley. He walks all the way up. Hey, oh Taz, I didn't see you come in. Even though it's a big open space, we clearly walked from a certain part of the room while we're like, Oh Taz, I didn't see you come in. <laughs> but uh so he comes up to his stand as uh Daddy Guerrero is like, Oh I'm worried about Mama see Daddy to protect her, you know, I don't want to get her disqualified, no god give me a like, okay then, why don't we put you in the match with the, we'll make it a triple threat match with their Continental title. <laughs> and so, it's a triple threat, but they're both beating up Angle. Eddie, Eddie fucking jumps Angle right off the offset. They're still not figured out, though, do we have DQs in triple threat matches or not? Because the referee stops Eddie from grabbing a chair at mm. one point. 
So the ang uh, all his angle, he grabs the IC tight on Larry Chain with that. And he gets up, throws angle outside with a suplex, goes to Lied, covers it. Oh, I'm a seat. He's lying on it, but he's like lying with his shoulders down. Uh, and then one, two, three, and then Eddie looks up and he's like, oh. Oh, oh no. oops, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> what, what a circumstance I find myself in. <laughs> <laughs> and like he just handed it like no 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 don't hand me I don't want that I don't want it he like throws it to the side so she's not seen it and like he helps her out the ramp but he hides the belt behind his back mm. and then she's all of emotional but like I, I understand what were you talking what happened like I didn't want this to happen I, re- I just wanted to help you and it's like oh yeah you really helped me. Like, oh, I'm sorry and then she gets him a hug and camera pans around and he's got that smile mm. and creepy that oh, we keep it Eddie smile. Oh, he's up to no good. <laughs> is that Eddie? He's lying, he's cheating, and now he's stealing. From he, he is, he is. He's living up to his name. Yes. Uh, there was a Kane, Chris Benoit, number one contenders match, so we're no, still no closer to the number one contender. Rock keeps talking about different uh, analogies as to what Kane's face might look like, because <laughs> Rock was on commentary. He said, like, Rock. Kane's face looks like your candy ass under the king. Like, my ass? Kane's just, my ass doesn't look anything like that. My ass isn't burnt. Kane <laughs> takes great offence to this. Kane uh, grabs the rock when he's at ringside, and Benoit uses a chair, so Benoit's an idiot. So, by right, Kane winning by DQ, Kane is the, the official number one contender, in yeah. my humble opinion. You're quite, quite correct. Yes. But then, Rock is also made to be in the main event as he's fighting. Edging question for the tie titles with his tie team partner, The Undertaker. Yes. Why are they getting a tie team title shot? Because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> no, Hardy, Hardy's were randomly showing, I think, in a backstage skit while watching one of the matches. I think it may have been this one. And they weren't on uh, SmackDown, so... Uh, but the Hardys are going to end up fighting Edging question at the pay-per-view, so... Uh, you know, might want to book the fucking Hardys this week, lads. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know, I don't, I don't think I'm, any of the pay-per-views I have that involve the Hardys have them winning a title. Hmm. I don't think. I'm sure that we're, I'm sure they were on heat and I'm sure it was a barn but I don't care enough to watch it <laughs> or look it up. Uh, but Agent Christian have a segment backstage where they try and think of an excuse there. I almost like, what about pneumonia? He's a best-selling author. He's not going to buy that. <laughs> oh, genital warts. <laughs> you know, it's painful, it's nasty, and no one's going to want to look down our trunks to check. You're right. It's a perfect excuse. General the warts rule. <laughs> and then Rick Foley was clearly listening out behind the door. He comes in and he goes, I just want to let you know, good luck in your match. And if you try and lose a lot of it, I'll strip you of the tiles and suspend you. Oh, and by the way, general the warts do not rule. They can be quite painful. So I hear. <laughs> anyway, bye. <laughs> uh, Lawler got taken out during uh, the show. Thanks to Taz. Thanks to Taz. So, but when King Event comes around, King comes out and decides to sit next to JR. You can't hear when he tries, he tries to talk during like rocks entrance and stuff like that, but you can't hear because also the crowd is all and King talks like this. You can't hear him. <laughs> and the microphone is not close enough to his face. No. Maybe so just threatens JR. JR is shitting himself the entire time. He's like, you're safe for now. <laughs> just don't ask me to wear a mask. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm talking about current day King. Yeah, you say JR's safer now, Mm -hmm. give it a couple of years until he takes the mask off, then he decides to set fire to you. You're you're safe, just don't ask me to wear a mask, it's against my freedom. Aren't Mm. you wearing a mask now? Mm. Irrelevant. 
Sorry. That's my, that's my attempt at satire and political comedy. Oh. I don't think I have a feature in that. Eh. Eh. <laughs> uh, so, Asian Christian pretty much don't, don't, well, I'm not saying the match isn't the best. It, it gets, it, it say a Raw maybe are it gets we, Are we talking the SmackDown match? No, I'm talking about this tag team match for the Rock and Undertaker. Oh, this yeah, match that, that I haven't seen. Yeah. I'll just briefly tell you. It's not the best, and it gets time, but the time is not well utilised. Undertaker gets beat down for what felt like an age. Don't uh, doesn't Christian get a dodgy pin on the Rock? He does, yes. I'll get to that in a second, but like it's one of those matches I'm watching it, and it feels good. It's like it's going longer than it is, and I get to a point where I'm like, something happened, please, anything, something. <laughs> so Benoit then tries to attack the Undertaker, which referee doesn't see. So tears easily fends off Benoit. Benoit just disappears. Yeah, you know, randomly. Uh, Rock gets Rock is running well because he's just been tagged in. He kicks out of a chair shot, which the referee didn't somehow see. Rock bottom, but then Kane pulls the referee out. But that's not cause for a DQ. Taker comes around, starts battering Kane, and they're fighting. He's a person who's not in the match is fighting Undertaker. That's not cause for a DQ. <laughs> I think it was Tim White and this. So fucking step up, Tim. Right. Respect, like, respect to those yeah. of us, but on this night, Tim, you were not doing your job. I always liked Timmy. Yeah, I liked him as well, but at this point, he was not doing his job. I'm Tim and Mike Kyoda. I mm. liked him too. Uh, yeah, then we get the concerto, and Christian is the one who picks up the win as he's a legal man on the rock. Uh, so that, that's a Royd, but yeah, as you mentioned, that Taz took out Jerry Lawler. Because, because Taz, he's a prick. Oh yeah, but Taz wanders into Foley's office, right? And I got some in my notes. In your notes. In my notes. In your notes. Yes. Uh, also, there was a segue earlier on the Titans that were Nicky Minnie's there with a very five pack covering up. And, oh, and basically, Foley comes in with a clipboard and his papers are like, listen, I've got a lot of complaints about this. Like, I need you to really put on some clothes. And then Foley drops it. Oh, get that for you, Mick. Oh, no. Comedy. <laughs> and then other things they work. Taz goes up and complains about bloody Chris Jericho and about Jerry Lawler. And I'm just watching Taz and the thing. I'm like, my God. I feel I came to, I made an analogy in my head that I can't unsee. And now I will never take Taz seriously ever again. What? And if I say this now, you probably won't take, you're listening and you probably won't ever take Taz seriously again. I'm listening to him just complaining to about people being out together. I'm like, well, you've become the WWF George Costanza, haven't you? <laughs> Taz is George fucking Costanza. <laughs> if if a fucking George Costanza wanted to did some martial arts training or whatever, or MMA and wanted to choke people out, and that's that's Seinfeld's little friend, yes, right? Yes. Do you know? Do you know? I've watched. I I've watched a good bit of Seinfeld now, right? Yeah. Just because it was one of those things I had me around to see, and I thought yeah. I have to see it. I have to see yeah. if I like it. And I like it, but you know, do you know? I don't know. You haven't told I, me. Yet. I I I hate George. He's such a butthole. <laughs> I really hate George Costanza, and I don't know. I I don't know Seinfeld fans. If that's like a controversial thing to say, but mm-hmm. George is a butthole, man. He's a serious butthole. I mean, so negative every goddamn time. Like, oh god, this won't work. Oh, this woman won't talk to me, for fuck's sake. I think it's maybe he's saying he's paranoid all the time. He's an asshead. I think, and, and they comment on, they don't call him an asshead, but they call him out on it, I think, a lot. And I think it's the purpose of the show. I don't think, I don't think it's controversial, but if you have any comments about 
uh, Paul's portrayal of, of George Costanza, please send them to at uh, at Nathan Greenaway. Send them to him, and he'll get them on to us. But no, he's such a butthole. <laughs> well, anyway, but Taz is a bit of a butthole. That's why I'm called. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but he like, does a good job of being George Costanza. Then right, so I think Taz is very George Costanza. -like. Yeah, he's a butthole too. <laughs> really. Jared Lawless had to give me, Jay Lawless had to give me, they are killing independent Taz. They are killing independent <laughs> I'm getting really angry about this. You're trying to stick it to me. You're sticking it. <laughs> and so he said, like, no worry, I'm gonna have I'm gonna give you both Jericho Jericho and Jared Lawler. Oh, you're putting me in anyways. Once again, you're taking the odds against Oh no, I'm gonna give you a tag to I don't need no tag team partner. Like, no no, this guy is a former multiple time. WAF champion, he's he's a title holder here in the company. Like, he's a big guy. Well, this guy better be good. Like, oh, he is. He gives him Naked Midian as a partner. He comes through to Hulk Hogan's Real American theme songs. And Taz Smashing. is Taz is so godsmacked at what he's looking at when he sees Naked Midian. That the bell rings, Jericho Lawler rolls him up, the match is over. And Nick Jericho and Lawler walk around going, nah. <laughs> And then they show when they came back, they show about the hound during the bit where Lawler was coming back out uh, to do resume his commentary duties and Tess like behind him with a leather strap and start choking him out. out. Yeah, I've seen that. And that's why Jill is also not on Smack doing the very start. But yeah, this is all very important information that you should probably should know, even though they decide to recap it solely in increments across the show and not yeah, at the start. Yeah, yeah. But yes, it's now. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I always, when I watch it back, I always skip the intro, I can do without it. I think they mentioned, I can't remember what they said that was, what the actual phrase is, but there's a phrase that uh, Jim Johnson was probably doing, like, we're just, we're just going to speed up and like no one's going to hear it, so it doesn't matter what you say. So I think it's something along the lines of everybody sit there and everybody calm down or something like that, where he, he just basically says that into a recorder multiple times, and then in post it's like sped up. And such a degree that you can't hear it with like yeah. some like instrumental over, over that. So basically, you want to love fast pace. Look at this new show, SmackDown. Now, but we're in Louisville, Kentucky, <laughs> where I believe OBW started like not too long before this. So this is the home of OVW, Ooh, which nice. was WF developmental for many years. Ohio Valley Wrestling, yes. which isn't anymore, hasn't been for a long time. But his own uh, last hour checked by uh, by Al Snow. He'd been working with them for a long time, but then officially bought them a couple of years ago. Did it go from OVW to FCW? No, no, there's a brief period where they also had Mid-South. Mid-South. Where like, people like Luke Gallows, Hawking, uh, Brian Myers, Matt Cardona have talked about going through there. Kenny Omega was there for a while, so technically. Kenny Omega like, was like a WWE developmental guy. Then left. Part, I think part of the reason he left because of that humor. I think he built them all, was the trainer. And he's, he, there's many stories about him being a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the reason he left. Mike Rodona told a story about it. there was a time where like Great Cali was wrestling a match and we were fucking like playing security guards at the show for Mid-South. <laughs> so you got fucking Kenny Omega, multiple time world champion. Now, Mike Rodona went on to be fucking NWA champion. Brian Myers is a well-accomplished guy in his own right. They're playing security guards while the Great Cali is wrestling. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no diss to the big great Cal E, you know what I mean? But he was very, you know, like like I always state with the current guy, Omos. Mm -hmm. Huge big guy, but he can move, he can wrestle. Yeah, Omos can move far yeah. better than a great Cal could ever. But that's what I'm saying, that's why I'm so big on Omos at the moment, because he's unlike your typical big 
huge guy because he can actually move well. Like, like you can tell the the, the limitations of Callie and movement a year into his his time in the main roster, mm. which is weirdly enough the time they chose to put the world title on him. Yeah, when he was becoming unmobile. Speaking of Kane being a number contender, Kane was meant to be fighting Edge at the Great American Bash pay per view in two thousand seven. They had an angle where Kane attacked Edge. This game was a face at the time, Edge was a heel. And Edge did such a legit injury, so they say that, oh, in that attack, I got injured, now I must vacate the title. Which he did have to vacate there because he was injured, legit injured. But they don't, they have a battle royal, and that's mad to make the champion. They don't choose to put it on Kane. I know Kane would get a world title ring a couple of years yeah, later with the big gold. We choose to put it on Kali. Oh, they could have put it on Kane, or they could have put it back on Batista, who was a former champion before Undertaker, who Edge won the title off of. Yeah. No, they put it on Cali, and then they had a, tri- a weird, weird triple threat. I like everything match was Cali, Kane, and Batista. Batista but, won that. No, Cali won that. Cali held that belt until Unforgiven, so he held it for. So who did he lose it to? Oh, eventually to Batista. Ah. and then they have a rematch. Unfortunately, it had to be a Punjabi prison match. I remember that Batista won that, didn't he? Yeah, that was a, quite a stupid match. A quite impressive leap he made from one case to the other. That's the only highlight, you know. You don't expect that kind of thing yeah, from Batista. Yeah, but it was a really stupid match. Oh yeah, you know, so so cumbersome. Yeah, it was only like typical matches where the the guys involved in the match didn't really seem to know exactly what they were what they were doing, what they were doing in the match. But like, it's weird with Kelly because a couple of years before this beard and that beard in WWE, he's in that film The Young the Longest Yard. Yeah, where he's playing a one of the guys on the on it's all about playing a football game, and he's running in that, like, and you're like, how much fucking editing is is in this? Like, how many times did you have to swap him out for someone else in shots? You're like, how much actual running did the Cali actually do? That's what I want to know. Well, remember he's a, he was a former police officer or something, was he not? I'm saying, but where where does it suddenly happen? Like, the, the minute he he signed his WWE contract, a curse was put upon him, and there goes all his movement. Because he must have had a solid bit of movement, but like I said, before then. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I remember... Well, it just it depends on... I mean, he's he's got the same kind of condition like Andre had and whatnot. Yeah. Like the growth thing. Yeah. So maybe it just depends like how how long a period someday mm-hmm. will that kind of thing. Like, look, can be mobile as shit. And then... Because, yeah. I mean, look at Andre when mm-hmm. he was really young. He was really fucking mobile. Yeah. You know? Lots of big guys, when they're, like, in their late teens, early to mid-twenties, and lots of big guys are really fucking mobile. Yeah. But then they get bigger and bigger, and they get slower and slower. I think maybe Big Show doesn't have an end to the same degree as him, because like, I think his was due to like, a tumour he had on his like a pituitary gland in his, his brain. A little big slow. Right. But he had that removed, but he'd already started growing, so he is bigger, and he does, when he got older, he did have some movement problems, but I don't think he had it to the same extent as them. Mm. Especially since he's had like, Surgeries on his hip that he's more. He says it's like helped them be oh, more yeah, mobile. Yeah. Like you see him in like early WCW as a giant. There's, there's clips of him grabbing on the top rope and leaping over the top rope, springing yeah. into the ring like in Captain Insano. Yeah, which shows no mercy. <laughs> <laughs> but even by this point, like we said, he's been going, he's going back. He's went back to OVW ironically. Talk about Louisville has yeah. been sure at this point because he's not losing weight to the way they want him to because he's got a bit of an attitude like oh no, yeah. send him back to AG and all these donuts and everything. According to stories, at least. Yeah. Yes, they're in Louisville, Kentucky, with Michael Cole sitting there solo. Uh, yeah. Calling the show. And then, like, Daryl Lawler's not here right now. After that vicious attack, Daryl Lawler's music starts playing. Like, oh, wait, wait, maybe the king, maybe the king is here. And then, oh, no. And then yeah. it comes. Out comes Taz with the, with the king's crown. 
with a like a th- with his logo or a wee sticker or whatever top of his thirties now. Anyway, you know, I'm gonna prove Jerry Law. He wants to be a funny guy. I'm gonna prove I can do his job way better than he can. <laughs> and here we go, the SmackDown debut of what will become, in my opinion, one of the more iconic SmackDown commentary teams. Michael Cole Taz. I mean, this isn't on the same level as O2 onwards Taz and Cole when they eventually got into a groove, but. Uh, it was entertaining in some aspects. This. Yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> Where Taz is trying to cut these jokes that only he finds funny and doing this over the top. <laughs> yeah, being doing these Jerry Lawler impression. <laughs> I'm going to prove. And then he talks a bit like the thing with Nicky May. Like, I was distracted. I was taken aback by that Nicky You know, I can't have the same expression on my face that I'm sure your wife has when she sees you naked, Cole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the opening match we get Chris Jericho versus X Pac. Alright match. Yeah. Uh X Pac comes out to basically up like no pop whatsoever. Oh, no. I don't think he gets much of a pop going he, forward, he comes, sadly. He comes out and he's giving it the whole you know, he's giving it all the X Pac waving the hands and shit and no one's taking him on. Very soon he adopts the whole weird American guy who gets into karate kind of thing where he tries to do this oh kind of thing when he comes out <laughs> and we get I think there's a couple of months shortly after this where he starts bringing nunchucks to the ring as his chosen weapon for some reason trying to copy Steve Blackman yeah uh, it reminds me of someone who's seen too many street to DVD kung fu movies as X-Pac where he, he carries himself and it's going forward from this too many of John claude Van Damme's late 90s early 1000s efforts I was thinking more of whatever Kung Fu Steven Seagal claims to know. Oh, that yeah, kind of shit. yeah. That kind of shit. I see, I see Xbox and Cave as that kind of guy. Steven Seagal's a tool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Xbox, and it, even though Sean Waltman in real life is, is cool, the Xbox character is much of a tool and wouldn't change from being a tool. That's why the Xbox keeps on going to get worse from here. Yeah, yeah. And there is a lot of Xbox sucks chance in this match. But I put on this, this line in my notes. This is both distracting and hilarious. Hilariously distracting and distractingly hilarious. (laughs) He's putting these wee lines in, but also I'm like, I'm sort of going to take notes for this match because I'm just listening to what Taz is saying. (laughs) Uh, Because every so often we're all like, you better laugh, my dude, you better put me over. Laugh, Cole, laugh. He's calling good old MC. Oh, you're good old It's It's Michael, you're good old MC. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to stick it in me, Cole? Uh, so now we're so in this world I crazy. Is that me fucking Michael Cole fucking Jerry Seinfeld? I think so, yeah. Tess, what's the deal with Kurt Angle? One minute he's, <laughs> he's stiff his friend, then he's kissing What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> a very good impression, man. Thank you. Very thank good you. impression. <laughs> I, don't, I got an idea for you. You're going to be our new pirate commentator. But I don't want to be a pirate. I'm, I'm just taking this as an opportunity to throw Seinfeld references in here now. Oh, that's cool. Seinfeld is cool. 40 minutes in and we're on the first match. I would joke that I joked that we'd, we'd have played a time then we'd probably be only on the first match an hour and a half in. No, it only took us 40 minutes, so that's progress, I assume. I would I would say so, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so Taz is joking like he said, Oh, that Jericho, you know, he's a 12-time All-American up in Canada, in water polo. <laughs> Uh, he's does he's like over the top laughing. Fantastic jokes. Jericho mm-hmm. uh, does the headlock and everything. Draw kick to Xbox off the apron. Xbox tries and fails to send Jericho into the barricade on the outside. Mm-hmm. Like well, Taz is obviously written against 
uh, Jericho after what happened on yeah, Raw, yeah, and then they had the match the previous week. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm praying for a Bronco, but then he cheers very loudly when Xbox does it at Bronco. So, Xbox has this weird smell, he feels like he's so proud of it, like, yeah, yeah, I rub my penis in your face, but I'm not gay, bro. But when he gets caught and powerbombed <laughs> to fuck into the mat. Yeah. Jericho goes for the line, so, uh, but he gets the knees up, and then they go, he's going for the back side, and the referee's at a weird angle that doesn't see it, so he just swings his leg back and hoops <laughs> Jericho in the balls. Yeah. Ro- roll through, and then I think he's mo- meant to get his foot on the ropes. You can see him try to reach out and his foot lightly taps the rope. <laughs> he's got the rope. No, he doesn't. Yeah. And in a weird way, Taz was accurate because he fucked up. He like, I can't reach the ropes. I can't reach it. But Xbox gets a very, very dirty dubious, one. A very dubious dirty one. I mean, this, if you, if, let me ask you a question. Well, did you, did you like watching Xbox fight Chris Jericho? I, I, Just no. Like, I, I didn't really. So that's a no? No. Well, I mean, it was, a, it was a good match, but I didn't enjoy it, if you know what I mean. Ah, well. Too bad, Paul, because we're getting two pay-per-view matches out of these two. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> this randomly... I don't know why they chose to have these two have a feud. I don't know what the feud's going to be over. I just know they have two pay-per-view matches coming up. Uh, I don't know what it's all about. <laughs> but, yeah, and then, what like... Do you, what do you assume it may be over? I don't know, Jericho says something that we all, people at the time would agree with about Xbox being a dick. Xbox says, hey, screw you, and kicks you with my nunchucks. Maybe, oh, not, maybe okay. not as camp as I made it sound. So Xbox uh, gets pissy about something Jericho says and they make a little feud out of it. I mean, that seems to be how Jericho's feuds work. Jericho, this whole thing with his mother, hey, would you please shut the hell up? And all that. He had a shirt on Raw, which had on the back the ever on the E, and it's all spelled ever again. So, he, I mean, later on he has a feed with Kane, which is technically over coffee. Over which, coffee? Because it's a whole thing, he spills coffee on Kane, and Kane turns out to be so like, people like Jericho, they think they can do what they want and everything. Like but I, I guarantee you, I think the Kane feed is going to be better than the Xbox feeds. Oh, most probably. Most probably. But, like, it just seems like a nothing throwaway match where Xbox cheats to win. I don't know if that's going to be what starts to be, but. Later on in the night, where where Michael Cole before the main event is like recapping everything we've seen on the show, like we've seen the beginning of a new rivalry with Xbox and Ro- Xbox and Jericho. I'm like, really? I I didn't get that. I just yeah, saw that as a just a match. I just saw that as a match. Xbox to to win, boo, and all yeah. that. Are you telling me they're going to get pissy about it now? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is it is the style at the time where not not to get pissy, <laughs> but. You can you can you can say that's the style. You can say it's the style of any time. They made, made a feud out of nothing. It was the style at the time. You can say it again. Tell anybody to Seinfeld. So they made this TV show about nothing, which was the style at the time. <laughs> can I assume you like Seinfeld, Scott? I didn't think I would like Seinfeld, but I don't. It's not a show that makes me laugh all the time. Every time I'm watching an episode. Like, the first season is abysmal, by the way. You can skip the first season, you won't miss a fucking thing. And even the hardcore Seinfeld fans will say the first season sucks. Oh, yeah. The first season is only five episodes. Yeah. Which is weird. Uh, but... Yeah, you'd think it'd be at least six. It gets to, like, a midpoint of season two. There's an episode about George getting fired and trying to get back his boss. That's the episode where I really think the show gets interesting to me. Okay. But, as a show where it's kind of similar to how I feel about Fraser in that I'm... But like you, whereas I laugh a bit more at Frasier, but like Frasier, I do this a bit more with Steve on that. I appreciate the writing, and I like 
getting to quote the references by not always laughing, but I see by knowledge that this is funny and it's entertaining. I'm on my third go through a Seinfeld because it's just so easy just to watch through if I don't if I feel like not watching something I need to put effort into following along mm. with. Because Silver Spider, I've seen it enough. But like it's my third go around in such a short period of time. Because I went th- through the season twice very quickly. And I was I was surprised by how much I liked it. Because I'd avoided watching it because I assumed it was one of the shows that people liked yeah. that I wouldn't get into. Yeah. I get you. But yeah, Seinfeld. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't expect to go as uh, safe. Well, I knew I had that uh, Taz analogy in my back pocket. I didn't know where it was going to go, though. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Seinfeld is fun. Hmm. So we cut away from George and Jerry, I mean Michael Cole and Taz, <laughs> to uh, the backstage of Mick Foley's makeshift office. He's got a wee turntable yeah. thing. And he makes Angle walk through as well. Like, You're serious? <laughs> yeah. But Angle, because he's here, when he leaves the office, he doesn't go back through, he goes around it. Yeah, I noticed that. He's ruining the magic. It's like the APA's door, you have to go through the door. Yeah. And in this case, you have to go through the turn- turnstile. Yes. He goes through, and he, he tries to flatter up, uh, flatter Flattered Mick up. Like, like, oh, your beads are kind of just like my gold medals. Yeah, I appreciate. And you can tell he's struggling for gold. I appreciate how they dangle under your, behind your neck. Yeah, like my gold medals. And, you know, oh, you're... He's trying to say he's concerned, he's concerned about what happened with China. And he's like, you know, oh, I, I'm the one that laid China. I should be Intercontinental Champion right now. You know, Kurt, I, I'm not only a good author, not only have I written some good books, I've read quite a few of them, too. <laughs> I'm reading a book right now on subliminal messaging. You know, you're, uh, you said the word under earlier on, and then you said you're taking a bet, as in a past tense of taker. So that makes me think, Splimily, you want to fight The Undertaker tonight. Like, no, I don't want to fight The Undertaker. Well, too bad. I made the match, and my decision is final. Wait, what? I lied about your beads. <laughs> He's like, jerk. <laughs> and here comes Edge and Christian, where Edge made the conscious decision to dye his little goatee, uh, like, under his chin beard, purple. Yeah. I mean, it matches the sunglasses wearing, but I, don't, like, I can't imagine that's the only reason they decided to do that. It may just thought it looked cool. Maybe. I just, I just, I didn't notice it first, and then it was like a close-up shot of Edge in the ring when he's talking with <laughs> the hand the back for rock, and I'm like, is your is your beard purple? <laughs> but it's like a light shade of purple, so you, yeah. really, like, you don't see it at first. It was weird. But Edge and Christian come out. Uh, you know, we we don't want to talk about what happened on Monday. We are here, you usually see us out here with our five-second poses. We want to give a history of Kentucky. Yeah, that's right, because we were in Maryville. I don't know where the other place is. We were in so-and-so Kentucky on Raw, where we got a totally clean win over the Rock on Raw. Let's look at the footage, and it shows the replay. No, no Christian, we're not here to talk about we're not. We don't glow. We're, we're humble champion. We're here to talk about history. Like, did you know here in Louisville, soap was introduced in 1996? <laughs> like these guys are a trip. No, they're not a trip. They're the whole vacation. <laughs> Get a call. Laugh. <laughs> There's nothing Taz can see that's funnier than him just yelling the word laugh. Laugh, you bastards. <laughs> you will laugh. You will laugh at my shit jokes. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, biggest soap. How totally clean was our win over the rock? Let's take a look again from a different angle. Oh, <laughs> oh this is... You know what, Christian? 
You're right, that was totally awesome. Let's look at it again in slow motion. <laughs> and then the other is moving slowly and Ed, Christian goes down like, Where the hell's the referee? Where's the ref in this for? It's clearly in slow motion, Ted. Oh, there's the referee. <laughs> that is for getting basic concepts like slow motion and replays. And then the rock comes out and you know, uh, you two, you think you're so smart, you know, you gotta win over the rock. You you have to you walk Whack the rock over the head with a chair. <laughs> and then... Fucking Taz is just ripping out the rock. Look at him. Oh, totally. Talk about his shirt, like... He's, like, his big fancy shirt buttoned v- up. Unbuttoned. V-game through Redbrook. Redbrook? Was, Red was Hook. Red Hook. Oh, well, there you go. V-game through Red Hook, he'd get... He'd get... So, I can't say on television, like... You mean mugged? Yeah, yeah, he'd yeah. get mugged. Taz briefly forgets what you, what you can and can't say on television. Yeah. Yeah, he said he used to get mad if he walks to Bergen wearing the shirt he was wearing. And then he's like, and Edge and Christian melt the rock to catch me, he's like smelling what he's like, You smell that, Christian? Yeah, I can smell Rock, do you smell it? That's us, totally reeking of awesomeness. <laughs> and Rock just starts laughing, like, you usually just say, You reek of awesomeness. Is uh, that your new catchphrase? Well, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if that's your new catchphrase. <laughs> and then he challenges them to um, a handicap match. Basically, he wants to get his hands on them after what they did on Raw. You're like, fine, we'll agree to a match on one condition. We don't have to tag it enough. We can both be in the ring at the same time. You got it. Oh, hold on. And they both force each other. Well, we want the WWE title to be on the line. Rock thinks about it for a second. Okay, <laughs> you got it. No problem. Well, let the rock look into his magic, invisible crystal ball. <laughs> he sees Edge. He sees Christian. They both look so happy to be in the rock crystal ball. Oh, he sees... You're good to know you're both still WAF Tag Team Champions. Oh, it's looking a little fuzzy. She excited a bit. Oh, yeah. I see. The rock. Laying the smack of Oh no, you're candy <laughs> If you're some and all that and all that stuff. Yes, good stuff. All that good stuff. No, no, no. I didn't really feel like it overstayed its welcome. It was filled with a little bits of humour. Uh, you know, it was pretty, probably pretty easy to put together because both guys, like both Edge and Christian and The Rock, like were were guys who Brian Gortz worked a lot with. So yeah. he probably would have got with these guys, and they would have worked out the same. And I imagine it was pretty fun to put together. I would think so. Uh, Stephanie is back to you, Triple H. Like, yeah, can you believe the nerve on the rock? He's totally copy. He knows <laughs> that you've got a match against TNA later on tonight. Yes, but what Stephanie doesn't understand is that the rock may have difficulty defeating two men, whereas Triple H, I don't know, foresee the same difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all, like, oh, they're all happy back together, Nathan. Uh, because because <laughs> Stephanie's happy that Triple H stuck up for her honor against Test. Yeah. Then we get random with the accolades at a, a bar. They're waiting for the Dudleys to show up because they're they're having a barroom brawl later on. Like, this, this ended up being my favourite match of the whole show. I think calling it a match is fucking generous. It was a match. But, it, was, it was fun enough. They're like, well, man, I've had a few beers already. I'm going to be too drunk by the time they get. Hey, man, these guys are dumb, but they ain't, ain't cowards. You know, they'll be here. They're probably. Probably on their way. Oh, they better hurry up. But yeah, this all stems from a tables match, which the Dudley's easily won because Kai and Ty came out in APA shirts, where uh, 
basically trying to help the APA, but they, mm. they failed spectacularly, allowing Barrage to get put through a table. So poor Taka gets power on through a table, and then Finagi gets dominated onto Taka, <laughs> which looked very rough. Oh. It always did when the APA did that. So, uh, there were a few things weirdly I thought were weirdly missing from the Smadow, and one of them, sadly, again, no Steve Blackman on this episode. Mm. It's been it's been one of the things I look forward to weirdly enough, uh, and I wouldn't think I'd say that at one point. I uh, I didn't expect to be looking forward to a, a Steve Blackman hardcore segment on this show, but we didn't get one, and I feel robbed. Well, yeah, because you know my 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 words of wisdom about Steve Blackman are getting through to you now. No, you I understand just, what awesomeness is Steve Blackman. No, I just like him hitting people with sticks. You understand what awesomeness is Steve Blackman. Sticks. Yes, Sticks. that is his awesomeness. Sticks and bins and shit. But he did have a match with the boss man on Raw, which was fairly entertaining. They, did they, he win? They hit him with, yes, he won. Hit him with sticks and another. They went backstage. And Taz, eh, sorry, no, Taz, boss man had been addicted to Dean Malenko and, and Crash Holly for being little and all that stuff. Mm. And so randomly, uh, there's a bit where there's a big table full of food. Boss man, in very comical movie style, throws you back when I cross it. And so Blackman's got this weird like, yellowy cream stuff, like I'm assuming like many or whatever, something dressing, all on the back of his black tights while he's trying, while, when he finishes the match, he's got stuff to him. But then Dean Malenko hits Bossman, hits him with a, like, a trash can. Mm. And then uh, Crash comes up with this little thing of hot coffee, bangs it, coffee goes away, then fucking Bossman sells, yeah, like his face is melting off, like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> He gets super kicked by Blackman, he wins, and then they're all, Black, uh, Crash and Dean are all happy about, you know, the win, and then Dubai just grabs to trash can, like, and just beats up Crash and Dean Michael, despite the fact they helped him, like, so let's on your own time, this is my time, this is my house, <laughs> says T. Blackman. And rightly so, hmm. he does not need more assistance. But then we randomly get uh, Rikishi versus Chris Benoit. Ooh. Someone has a sign that says Raven WWF Bound. Mmm. Which that's is ominous. Yeah, which, which is all the reports that he is in from the dirt series that he is already signed to do and they're just waiting for a time to debut him, which is very soon. Mmm. This is apparently an old dirt seat river. I don't know if this was ever actually an official plan, but I heard it this week that uh, apparently there was originally an idea to pair Raven with Kane when he came in. And that the whole thing was, oh, Kane randomly turning heel and the whole I'm a monster thing. It's all because he's under the, the mind control of, or he's, or he's gotten, Raven's been getting in his ear like the same way he did in Easter where he manipulates people under his weird cult spell and he's in NWCW mm. as well. They were going to like continue that over and like have Raven come out cut these promos and everything where Kane's just a big guy that's standing behind him. Mm-mm, that would have been interesting. It, it would have been. But that, that, alas, it did not happen. Hmm. But yeah, uh, Taz talks about how he liked Benoit, even though it was Benoit, a uh, match with Benoit where he got injured when he had that brief hiatus and then came back as this thug life thing. Mm. He's like, didn't Benoit cause that injury? And you're like, yeah, I need to thank Benoit. He made me take a look at myself in the mirror and realise I am thug life, born thug life, all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. I meant, not any mentions of the fact that twice Taz cost Rikishi the IC title. Mm. Like he cost him it by hitting him with a camera when he was fighting Val Venus and then he had the whole thing up fully loaded when Taz walked away and nearly tripped on the bloody wire <laughs> in the camera. But 
Yeah. Well, it was a decent match. I remember they used to have a decent feud back around but King of the Ring time. Oh. So we had a good match between Rikishi and, and Taz, and Rikishi and Taz, Rikishi and Chris Benoit. Fucking, before I can, like, see in my head, fucking Taz is already calling it Michael Cole when he calls a Northern Light suplex a German suplex. It's not a Northern Light, that's a Northern Light suplex, Cole. You'll get it right. No, it's a good suplex, but not as good as anything from the human suplex machine. <laughs> that's me, Taz. Uh, belly of Pele by Rikishi. Booby Cannon distracts Rikishi. Mm. So that Benoit can get like a back suplex and get the win. Right to sense still trying to, just right to sense with them. The large arse yes. of, uh, of Rikishi. No Stephen Richards on this episode. Or, or, uh, Val Venus. Yes, who was at the end of a tag team match, which right to sense randomly lost against Val and his chosen partner of Road Dog. Uh, they then beat the both of them after the match. There was like a powerbomb on the outside to Val, and then they dragged him up the ramp and threw him into a van that Stephen Richards was driving. They basically abducted him. Yeah. Uh, and also, what's funny about the replay you can see is uh, as they drive away, Bill shuts the door. The door starts to slide open. I can clearly see Bill shutting over, but holding on to the thing for at least the bit where they drive away. Like, I just need to hold on to the door so it doesn't randomly open and no one falls out while we drive away. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the door did not comply, but that was came from earlier on on Raw where they, they tried to introduce Val as a new member of Right to Censor, but then Val went, oh, I don't know, I never said anything about joining Right to Censor. Like, and they were like, I don't understand. You dropped this vile porn star aesthetic. You're wearing clean white gear and you even dropped that that bimbo Trish Stratus. And you say you refuse to join us and Val goes on this whole tidy, which was probably fed to him by Vince of calling these guys hypocrites and everything. Like, you two, you say what we can and can't do, what we can and can't watch, and all that. And then, fucking creepy, culty, uh, which just comes out a little bit, goes, fine. If you are not with us, then you are against us. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the RTC started beating up, uh, that being good following Bill, but beating up by Rikishi. Two cool community save, they randomly hit Benoit on the way down, so then Benoit comes in, helps helps beat them up for a second, and then buggers off like, my work here is done, and RTC continue to beat down Too Cool, which yeah. they later announced that Mick Foley has announced a tag team match later on, where Too Cool will try and get their revenge against RTC. They will try, yes. They will try. I mean, they, they kind of succeed, in a way. They kind of do, yeah, they kind of do. And then... You say, oh, our cameras caught this footage earlier today when they talk about the chain editing. Oh. Although they say they caught it as in, that implies the camera was kind of just out of range for them. Like, you yeah. can, the camera's like peeking through a graph in the door, you can see them talking, they don't know the camera's there. No, no. filming the conversation. No, like, oh, our camera's caught with like, no, that implies that they didn't know the cameras were there. We are sitting very close together. Where you are sitting is where Eddie is, and where I am is fucking where the camera is. The camera's pretty much. It was growing right up in his face. Pretty much. If Eddie turned round, you could see, you'd probably see right up his nose, the camera was that close to him. But no, I don't, I don't particularly want to like go over the whole speech or nothing, but I've got to say, Eddie was really mean to China in this bit. Oh yeah, their, their relationship dynamic has taken a massive 180, basically. And I, and I know like, you know, she hasn't always been the best now, but no, he was really mean. I was like, I was like... Poor China. I know China tried in the acting world, like with Third Rock and things like that, and she's never the greatest in promos. But even though it's like a, a very uncomfortable thing, where I even put that in my, in my notes that it's yeah. uncomfortable. Uh, this is the best 
acting, if you want to call it that, that I've ever seen China do. If yeah, anything. Well, you really, you really felt. You I know, did. For I was like, for, for China, mm. you know, getting treated badly by the man she's with in kayfabe, and then not, while in real life, not knowing that the man she's with in real life is secretly sleeping with the boss's daughter behind See, her what, back. What made me even more sad? I know the timing is is very unfortunate. Like it's weird, weird sickness wearing like she's this dominant woman or this little yeah who's a worshiper and oh I'm a Sita all that thing. Yeah. and all of a sudden he, he he's a guy who can have this temper and he just turns that's gonna be the damn it's gonna be for one time he's like he's shouting her and then he's like then giving her all these apologies oh I'm sorry I didn't mean it I love you and, and then he's temper like what yeah you listen to me it gets very uncomfortable I will admit mm. But yeah, she's like yelling at him. She she's watched the footage. You know, a wrestler that actually watches the show and knows what's going on. So very smart of you, China. And she says, "Well, what was that smile about you? You didn't care about me. You care about me. No, I was happy that you forgave me, Mama Sita. No, you used me. You used me again. Yeah. Oh, you care about? And then Eddie starts. You can see him going like, "Don't go there, China. Like, don't, don't." Yeah, you can see him slowly start to. Mm-hmm. He's getting turn. Yeah, and he's like. Well, you think I care about this? And he goes, here, have your belt. I don't need it. And starts throwing stuff further and Taylor starts backing off. And mm. like, oh, I, I give it everything. I gave up friends. I gave up, friends. I gave up all my needs for you. You know? Like, you, t- you talk about that acting in this particular segment, yeah. right? China ends up, when he's yelling mm-hmm. at her, she ends up looking so goddamn small in that corner. And she's not by any means a small yeah. woman. But she looks so small because of the way he's shouting at her and the way she's backing off into that corner and crying and shit. And like she's constantly like, apologising to him because like, now she feels like scared and yeah. But, like, but in that whole segment, you're like, you're like, you're like, you're so you you so emote for her in that scene. Like it's, I know you can't even hear hear even saying our lines anymore because she's like that kind of crying that you can't yeah. talk properly when you're when you try to talk. Like scared crying. Yeah, kind of thing. And she's banging off and like he says like you're on the Tonight Show. Where was your mention of Eddie? Huh? Third Rock from the Sun. Where's my spot? All your magazine interviews. Not one mention of me. Not one picture of me. We said I left friends for you. Like don't worry, Eddie. The radicals weren't going anywhere. As, as <laughs> you're probably better off. Also, again, they made that point on Raw when he won. Hey, Guerrero has finally won gold here in the WWF. He was European champion. Yeah. The European title's fallen so far. I mean, Al Snow won it. Was it last week? Al Snow won it. I think so. And, yeah, it's not on Raw or SmackDown this week either. No European title. No Hardy Boys. No Steve Blackman. No Stephen Richards. Where is everybody on this show? <laughs> I, yeah, I know, granted, these are all undercard people, pretty much. They're, you still got The Rock and Triple H and Angle and Kane and all that. <laughs> but it feels like there's so much missing. <laughs> Do you feel cheated? Well, not cheated about the, uh, about the Stephen Richards bit. <laughs> Maybe not. Could do without Val Venus. <laughs> but I'm just saying, there was, I felt like there Scott, was so much Scott absent. feels mildly cheated. There, there are things that have become seemingly big parts of the show, and like, well, they're not there. Things, like, you, things you have come to expect that were not there. Yes, I, I expect a certain thing. I, I care not for your multiple handicap matches. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, this, this segment gets... I even been here... So throw things around, a chair starts to cry, and it gets uncomfortable. That's why I put yeah, it in my notes. Yeah, it gets uncomfortable. Like, oh, this, uh, this really upsetting footage that we saw just before the break. 
And then it doesn't stop them from you talk about her saying it doesn't stop you from bloody replaying it. Mm. Especially the most harsh moment where she's crying and everything. Like, yeah. When you when I'm in the ring against your friend Road, uh, are you gonna support me? Huh? Are you gonna start supporting me? And she just cried and he goes like every night he slams her like, There's the door Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Then so we have the FBA very easily beating the Dudleys in there. Uh, <laughs> the Dudleys just walk in around on their table, just set that up right in there, around right in the corner of the bar. You know, you want a drink? Boof! What a fucking change, because like, you got this stuff with, uh, which we uh, right to censor and too cool. Then it's probably uncomfortable, you know, especially if anybody in the audience or anyone watching that is being in a relationship with that kind of dynamic. Dynamic, yeah. And then, like, oh, look, these guys are beating each other and they're smashing balls or each other's heads in the bar. Oh, isn't that fun? Why do the PTC not like us? <laughs> is that the way you think it is? Well, or saying, was? I'm just saying, like, oh, tables, fighting in bars, uh, calling women bitches and bimbos and all that. Oh, look, this woman is being yelled at by this man. She's scared of him. <laughs> why Why do they, Why are they saying this isn't appropriate for children? <laughs> Fair point. Oh, speaking of which, I think this is actually around the point in time where things start to kick off uh, and a long string of proceedings which leads to the end of WREF. Oh. That happens this week where the world fell off improperly. I think it started a few weeks ago, but this is where news outlets start picking it up that the World Wildlife Fund is unhappy with the WREF because, like, a lot of things, especially in the US, when they was like, putting logo like, trademark off, they start filing under WWFE. Uh... And calling itself mostly an American World Wrestling Federation and WWF more, well, I think internationally, or I think it was either the other way around, or whereas WWF at home or World Wrestling Federation internationally. It was one of the two, all right? But uh, one of these days I'll talk about it in more detail when I have time to research it. I'm yeah. sure we'll cover it in the Vincent Man retrospect as we've been doing. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but then WWE started playing a bit too fast and loose with the WWE, their usage of WWF. And using it in situations outside of the original agreement they signed in 1994 with the World Wildlife Fund. And they didn't seem to care. I don't think they Vins really thought that this could lead to him having to really change the name of the company. Yeah. So they don't think he really cared about it. And the World Wildlife Fund probably went like, no, you can't do that. We, we had a deal. And this would start a few things. And then eventually in 2002, they would finally go to court in the UK, which I think people like Vince and JR have said before, like, I knew once we the court case was going to be held in the UK, I knew we were done. <laughs> so, World Wrestling Federation Entertainment is what it's credited as in some aspects where to help them keep the WI trademark, but then they had to, as well, they had that E because they had to take the F out and keep the E in a couple of years after this. Yeah. Yeah, you got the PTC, you got the, the Pandas after, though, everybody's after yeah. the WF at this point. I think the Pandas ended up coming after them because. The WWF ended up getting money that was supposed to go to them because. Well, yeah, I think it was like they were using their trademark. They were using the name WWF. They they had agreement like using certain aspects of promotion, but then they started using it outside of there, and then no people were thinking WWF to think them. Like, yeah, no, but like, yeah, fair enough. You are well known and everything, but like, you're you're getting a name out there. Like, you're doing outside the terms of our agreements, yeah. and WWF like, huh? And and, and they were then, like, well, fuck you. We. We clearly got better lawyer. The one time Jeremy McDevitt couldn't help Vince McMahon out of this one. Yeah. I assume they used Jeremy McDevitt. They used to use him a lot. I was assume so. I mean, he was Vince's lawyer, yeah. No, he was the guy who like helped take on the US government, as we talked about in the... Yeah. We talked about the steroid trail in our recent part two of the Vince retrospective. He was, he was Vince's guy. Yeah, yeah. 
What did I t- talk about? Oh, yeah. Barroom Brawl. Yeah. <laughs> There's a barroom brawl going on right now. Uh, yeah. It was fun. Yeah, totally. Dolly's got their arse assigned to them. Yeah, we did. One of them gets thrown over the bar. Patrons, who I'm assuming are actors, like I told they are, get knocked over. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Devon that gets just put through a table. There is that, there is that patron mm-hmm. who comes over to, <laughs> to Farouk and gets hooked to the jaw. Right, let me get away, guys. I drink. Fuck off. <laughs> did like that one. Uh, yeah, like, I think and then what happens we beat the shit out of each other and by the end of it we're sitting having a beer together and he goes ah cool yeah. so then then we get back to Kovjay where Daz is getting annoyed with me well, no I'm sick of you you gotta disrespect me I'm sick and then Gerald Law runs to the crowd grabs the leather strap yep. and starts choking at Taz and he gets into a bit of it and then gives him a good beating nah. he gives him some heavy hands man hmm both men using leather straps wonder if there was some sort of stipulation they could have at Unforgiven. Ah, <laughs> uh, who knows. On the related note, there's a strap match happening at Unforgiven. Uh, Triple H is taking on TNA. Kurt <laughs> uh, Angle is watching backstage as we see... Like, I have very little to say about that interaction. Like, yes, another Taz, dear Lord, well, I mean, I'm, looking, I'm enjoying the feud. Yeah. But I don't really look forward to seeing them fight in a strap match. Is that strap what's going strap, Yeah, strap matches can be a bit hard miss. Yeah. Savio Vega had an had actually some decent strap matches. The yeah. Caribbean strap match. Yeah. Was. Well, the one he had with Stone Cold is always memorable. Yeah. So, a match so nice they had to do it twice. And that's the only reason why they did it twice. Yeah. That was uh, DiBiase's last appearance with the WWF, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, thought, I, thought, I told my Gary about your thing about saying, like, sorry, man, I didn't have anything where you want, because he met DiBiase recently yeah. at WrestleCon or some convention mania weekend when he was over in, in LA. And uh, he said, like, he said something which, and like, I think he, Gary's phrase is, I, don't, I feel like Gary's phrase is if DiBiase might be taken back by him saying this, but like, I really feel like he like him would, would love that he said this, but like, apparently DiBiase, I thought, was that, was that one of your favourites growing up? He went, no, actually, man, I fucking hated you when I was a kid. <laughs> really, when you're a character like DiBiase, you would have probably like, enjoyed someone coming up to you and saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Trouble H versus DNA. Tr- I hear Trouble H easily fittings off test. <laughs> yeah, it's usually Albert's doing a lot of the heavy lifting here. Like, yeah. Really, Albert yeah, just randomly said, oh, I, I called the cops. Why? For kicks. Yeah, because I'm Albert. Because hmm. I do that. Tess, what is your reason for calling the cops on Triple H? For spite. <laughs> Uh, but it feels weird because like the whole thing like just Joe talked about to Carangle about overhearing noises right yeah so that that's why I painted that uh, test uh, why I painted Angle may even called the one who called the cops but why do, why why does it then coincide that tells us that coincidentally at the same night that's where Test finally got an idea like all this time I can't beat Triple H one on one I can't beat him when he be DX or whatever I'll phone the cops at him <laughs> I don't know but it's obvious. I'm sure they believe that. I'm sure there's no other evidence anyone else has noticed earlier on. <laughs> and like, oh, uh, like, Triple H then got out of immediately afterwards, like, oh, you, well, you were in Barrow, you said it was worth now, you're like, well, that's not was worth now in my life. Like, I don't think Triple H is that. Triple H is annoyed, but he's quite easily shaken off, clearly. Mm. So again, I must question Tess's thinking or lack thereof. I would say lack thereof. Yeah. 
Because yeah. by this point, no one really gives a flying fuck about Test or his marital issues. Mm. If we were going to build upon that, we should have built upon it at the time. Yeah. Which but, I don't think we did, did we? Yeah. Albert, uh, Albert does some, had some good stuff. That's why I don't do it. It should be Albert. It's Albert that's doing all the work. Because he had some really nice looking like, slam. Yeah, Albert so, was always good, yeah. man. Yeah. Both both uh, both guys get like the knee buster thing that uh, Triple H used to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was the, the moments on Raw and there's moments here where like, they try a double team thing, which revolts when they're running at the other full force. Yeah. Triple H says the thing like, oh, I've moved it away. Oh no, I've hit my partner. I tr- we tried this double team move with hilarious consequences. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so I never think of that thing where they make we got a character and Simpson were home as a TV character, his name, and they turn around to an oath. Uh oh, spaghetti. It's Braun Strowman every time he has a fight with an ounce desk. Uh oh. Big dick. <laughs> But then Stephanie and Trish getting each other's faces. Tess grabs Trish. Oh, the referee's not seeing any of this. Yeah. So Angle comes down and throws Tess into the steps. Uh, Albert tries to grab it. Angle, Angle hangs him up on the toe. Triple H hits a pedigree on Albert. My, I can't believe it. But, you know, Triple H managed to overcome the overwhelming odds of TNA. Yeah. Can't believe he was managed to do that. But he's, but he's not happy when he goes backstage. And he's talking to, to Stephanie about uh, Tess, about Angle getting you, you involved. I think it would have been more poetic, though, if he'd have, if he'd have pinned Tess. Yeah. You know, rather than Albert. Oh, no, I know. I've already pinned you on Raw. I've already humiliated you enough this week. I'll <laughs> pin your tag partner now. I'll make sure everyone knows that both of you are as equally as shit and not as good as me. <laughs> I mean, because, like, as much as I've said in this time period, Troubles could be very giving of his opponents. He said he'd have a night off when he was fighting these two. Oh, I. He went to the he went to the Undertaker school of not selling. Oh yes. But uh, yeah, so he's annoyed at uh, Angle getting involved. I don't want him getting involved. Oh, what was his plan? Where were you when Tess was going to power bomb that? He saved me. And I like I don't trust Kurt Angle. <laughs> but it's weird because like they're trying to asshole on one role, but it does feel like after this episode that they are. I I've been saying for ages he's a babyface of this program with Angle. But it feels like they're trying to push him now more in the baby face. Yeah, they seem to be getting behind Triple H more as the face in this angle. But like this episode showed signs of them building to the thing that they were originally, I told you before, they were going to build to of Stephanie leaving Triple H for Kurt Angle. Yeah. So I'm assuming Triple H hasn't yet spoke up and said that this that, that shouldn't happen because in his mind, it is unbelievable that Angle would steal Triple H's woman. But they did pull the trigger, was it, did they not? No, they didn't pull the trigger, was it? Yeah, no. they, they had her. Like still associated with Angle, like doing like manager stuff, but they never had a and they leave Triple H for, for uh, Angle in right. romantic sense. Did she leave Triple H in the managerial sense? Yeah, she kind of doesn't. She doesn't accompany him as much. She sometimes does, but she also starts to accompany Angle a little bit. They kind of break up in in two thousand two when Triple H is also feeding with Angle. Yeah, I do basically says well, not to get with Angle, but just to get back at Triple H. Right, right, I get you. Which then leads to Jericho being with Stephanie and that really shit built to WrestleMania 18. But then we cut to a segment outside the arena uh, with Road Dog and China. Yeah. And Road Dog's trying to be a friend and comfort China and everything. And he's, he's not seeing what he's up to, he's genuine. Yeah, yeah. He's like, look, you know, we're, we're tight, we're friends, you know. You know, he shouldn't be making you feel like this and everything. Yeah. She's, and, uh, but she's, 
she's siding with uh, with Eddie. Well, know. she seems conflicted to a point, but you know, there's a phrase that's been becoming a lot more popular in recent years called gaslighting, which I've heard about, and like I think it's meant to be where like somebody or is like tricked into believing one thing by another mm. person. So if she's suddenly believing that she's somehow in the wrong here because it's been that's uh, technically is what Eddie's doing here. You're uh, manipulating somebody thinking one way. You're like, like you trick somebody thinking there, and they're like, "Oh, in a minute, you know, you're the no, it's yeah, you, yeah. Eddie, who's being a dick." So yeah. that's why Eddie's doing the China. Then he comes out and he's like, "Oh, what's going on here? I thought you were supposed to be supporting me and all that." Like, I'll deal with you in the ring. I say, "We're up next." And then Rodog comes out and he's pretty much probably talks about China being like a sister to him and everything. Mm. Oh, come on down here, and uh, Eddie. Like, Rudolph goes to hold the ropes over for Chaney so he can get away. So that's when Eddie decides, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm going to kick him. Yeah. Just kick, he just attacks him there. You know, I'm not always the biggest fan of Rudolph matches. Something I didn't expect to see in a Rudolph match was, Rudolph will sell the leg for 50% of this match. <laughs> so he just keeps working over Rudolph's leg in this. Yeah. Uh, Rudolph gets thrown on the outside, and I think Eddie decides to try and distract her because he's hoping that China will, will attack. Rudolph, but she just stares at him and thinks, should I do it? But no, maybe I shouldn't do it. Yeah. That's like I she, say, she's conflicted. She's always, always used to get involved in these matches. Then, there's a point where uh, Eddie avoids the pump handle. Uh, he starts, or like I said, he's doing his, he's shaking and jiving and all that. <laughs> and then he goes up, brings off the, goes off the ropes, but China grabs his leg and kind of, you immediately see she's feeling bad about it. He's like, what the hell are you doing? Eddie tries to take a badge, but Rudolph carries yeah. it into a small package. China binds the rest of that pushes Eddie so he's on top of Rudolph yeah. and he's getting the pin. Eddie gets the one, two, three. Yeah, thanks to China who kind of feels almost manipulated into helping, helping Eddie. Yeah. As, as she's trying to explain to Rudolph why she had to do everything, when Eddie attacks Rudolph with the Intercontinental title. Yeah, and then proceeds to get, like, give him beaten. Yeah. To the point where China eventually tries to get him to stop. Hmm. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll start these. start to walk away. As she turns her back, he immediately hits him with, hits him with it again. Like, mm. I literally, I can't turn my back for two seconds, Eddie. <laughs> for God's sake. Have a word with yourself. Yeah, this is just a random thing I made notes of. I know there's not many ad- we talked about, but there weren't many ads. And she's like, no, the Sucker 2, Burner of the Week, or the mm. Smack of the Night, what do you like? RC Edge, Maximum Power Cola. <laughs> RC Edge is a great call. It's look good. They're wrestlers, and definitely not the call you buy when you're too cheap to buy Coke or Pepsi. I'd still like to try some of it, though, just to know. I wonder if we still make it. I doubt they still make it. So if you find a bottle of it, you got to think, how old is this bottle? Very true. Can yeah. be like those people on YouTube who try these old sodas and then go like, ew. Mm-hmm. That's how they go. Ew. Yeah. I know, but like. There was like one bit where they like I one of those XT or so. Oh look downtown in this city we're in here. Yeah, but they have they have a guy outside filming, and then you can there's a bushes. And it looks like the guy's almost going downwards in the bushes as they go through the advert. Like what do you buy? Advert thing flashes up on TV. Well, I just put in my notes. Camera creepily hides in bushes. <laughs> it's like it's like it's the point of view of some weird creepy stalker looking across. Mm. And like ah, I have spied the WWE. They're talking about Stacker 2, <laughs> whatever that is. Uh, then this is where we get the, the RTC 2 Cool match. And, you know, I thought it was a very fun match. I really enjoyed like, the six man they had way back at, at SummerSlam. No. Uh, and I thought it was a really good match. You got a wee cool fast paced 2 on 1 by 2 Cool and Booby Cannon, but then, again, Goodfellas kicking 
yeah, going yeah. in the back, and so that you get to be doing better heels. And the fans really love Scotty. Like Grandmaster, they're yeah. getting them all into it. The entire arena's doing the clapping, getting them going for it. Mm-hmm. And then they do the Zuki will have this in their matches quite a bit, but it becomes like a common trope here. Like I'm pinning you. The referee's distracted. Oh, I'm going to go out the ring while my partner pins you. Oh, look, the heel from the other, the, the partner from the other side is is helpless. Not sometimes faces do it as well. Yeah, and they roll them over. Wait, how does this happen? They do that not once, but, but twice. twice, and thrice, and thrice. Yes, thrice. So nice, they did it thrice. <laughs> <laughs> Where they have Scotty goes for the worm and gets broken up by fucking like good fella who goes for the formerly a paint drop. You know the Death Valley driver. He picks him up so quickly that he has to quickly go down with Scotty because otherwise he's going to drop Scotty in his fucking head. Yeah. He just spins the fucking round. And then goes for a pin. Referees with Bowie Cannon. So Scotty, so Grandmaster actually does the hip-hop drop off the top. That's that's once. No. And then he, he tries to go for the pin. I don't know who's legal now at this point. Then Bill Cannon just yeah, pushes past the ref. It's the, the scissors kick. Don't know why I had to mime it there. You didn't see it, but I did a really <laughs> shit mime of a scissors kick. He did, he did fine. <laughs> The scissor kick, then he tries to roll the Godfather over on him, and then the referee gets started again by trying to get Bill <laughs> out. Like, will you get out the fucking ring, Bill? And then Rikishi has taken a run down with the hose into Mandy and Victoria. Yeah. And the referee cannot feel anything, but no, so he cannot feel them more than 350 pounds close to 400 pounds Rikishi. The vibrations of him hitting a leg drop on the back of the oh, Godfather. No, no, not at all. That's thrice. The. <laughs> Grandmother Sexy fucking Booby Ken and Rikishi all got a go of it yep and finally Tuchel actually do get the win and then them and the hoes have a little dance <laughs> them and the hoes have a little dance yeah. you, do you have any thoughts on this? like you say it was a fun match and a cool kind of oh he's winning no he's winning no he's winning kind of finish mm-hmm. it was all it was all kinds of fun mm-hmm. and the right kind of one. Right, I'm just having a little search on Google here, so you'll, you'll learn about some of this stuff as I do, if this thing will ever load up. I, I literally typed to Google RC Edge Cola. Yeah. RC Edge was a Royal Crown Cola. That's what the RC stands for. Oh, so it was. It was. Incredible. It was released in 1999, and then it was unfortunately discontinued in 2000. Oh. <laughs> so in this year that we were talking about, it's, it's, it's discontinued. It didn't even last a year. That sucks. Uh, let's try. Let's, 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 Why didn't it last it here? Let's see. Hold on. He needs a swig of uh, Iron Brew Extra there. Yeah. So I don't know if you care for the swigging, but it's great ASMR I hear. Yeah. Still probably better than RCA's fucking cola. Uh, yeah. Why did you fail RC Cola? Oh, it was a point that's continuing to where we're out. When Royal Crown Cola were a company were later acquired by Cadbury Schweppes. Oh. Schweppes, all the affairs for their lemonade. Yeah. RC released RC Edge alongside RC Kick, RC 10, and RC rebranded Diet RC. <laughs> like, what is, what is this? <coughs> R- like, literally, in the history, right, there's that one that one sentence. Like, you know the second sentence of RC Edge is not how little they were around, right? Mm. The second sentence of their history section. RCA used WF superstars of re- WF superstars of wrestling, as it says here, uh, to promote its bottles. It produced bottles and cans in a and in a year after its discontinuation. So it was discontinued, but still had enough around that it was selling bottles and cans oh, for a good year before there was none left. In two thousand, Cadbury Sweets acquired 
Staffel Beverage Group, which included the namesake RTS and everything else. So basically, the company that owned them was bought out by Schweppes, and then they basically decided, how the fuck would we resell this fucking cheap cola thing? So that was that. Very much that. So they existed for a year, got a wee bit of heavy advertising on the wrestling. The second, the second uh, thing that comes up after RC, uh, like, and then you get that bit with all the questions. Can you buy RC Cola anymore? <laughs> Is RC Cola owned by Coke? Is RC Cola better than Coke? I can answer that for you. No. <laughs> Where is RC Cola now? Is RC Cola made by Dr. Pepper? These are the questions people are asking. I mean, Royal Crown Cola is around, but it's not as RC Edge, I'm thinking, yeah. anymore. Like, because I see here today, it's so more so many countries, like, wait, what? What is, what is this? It says Royal Crown Cola, and I'm, I'm, I'm learning so much today. Oh. You're learning. It's just taking me a thing called Royal Crown Cola. I don't know if this is the same RC, because look, look at this page here. It looks so fancy and everything. This is definitely not the same RC Edge. There's no Edge here. No, that's, that's, that's fancy cola. Oh, it's fancy cola, it's a different cola. Yeah. I don't think this is the same RC that people are asking about. This is such a, this is such a, this is such a, a, a heavy, a heavily informative podcast <laughs> on so many subjects. There, I just, I'm just, I, I've just wondered about RC and everything. I, I just, I just think it's cool, you know, we're on here to talk about Smackdown, but we end up talking about RC cola and... And other historical things, it's cool. Someone is advertising on eBay a RC Edge soda can, rare open, rare bottom opened. So it's empty then, it's the bottom open, and then there's it opened oh, up. I guess how much? Uh, look, look, there's, look in the RC Edge. This is a regular can without a wrestler on it, I don't think. Ooh. No, actually, that's no, China. I why did I not recognise China? It's all faded. Oh, yeah. can't yeah. that old. It's so faded, I didn't recognise China. What is it like going for? It is going for. Night. Fuck off! What? 48 quid. Plus 14 quid for postage. 48 quid for a can of juice. $60 US. Like, fuck Jesus, you. man. <laughs> but I probably. Well, it a can that'll taste shit. I probably didn't taste that great to begin with. Like. It's one thing if you get coke that's been left for ages. When you get a cheap cola and leave that for ages, then drink it. If you if you were really wanting something distinct for your collection, though. Yeah, I mean, you keep the can if you want it as a collector's thing. Don't drink the fucking thing. No, I mean, don't drink the thing, but if you want to keep it for your collection, it'd definitely be like, that's something I might buy for my collection, mm. you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. I would buy that kind of thing, but I wouldn't fucking drink it. I'd just keep it, you know? Uh, if you have anything to say about the two cool match while I'm quickly trying to see if there's anything else I can learn about RC Cola. Oh no, no. Like I say, it was a pretty solid match. Like you say, fun. Mm-hmm. I liked the multiple, you know, top rope moves. Oh, this is a different RC Cola I'm looking at, sorry, I remember. Because <laughs> I remember there being a bit in Family Guy, then it was a Mirage. Okay, RC Cola machine. <laughs> oh, well, I think that is a brand, you know, the yeah. RC Cola. But no. Finally, exchange of top rope moves and corner moves. But that's, that tends to be the thing with most two cool matches, you know, they're just yeah. fun. Fun little matches. Yeah. There are people selling uh, cases here of RC Edge Cola or bottles of RC Cola. I'm going to check back in unless every so often. <laughs> See so if you can buy yourself one. I don't want any of it, because God knows how long it's been around for. 
Go and check the respiration data on it, try and figure out how long ago it was. See if it's worth drinking. Yeah. Is it worth the potential diarrhea I'll get from drinking them? Yeah. AP and the Dudleys are back at the bar all happy, like, oh yeah, we may have a respect, you know, you guys are stupid, but you ain't cowards, like, oh, well, at least we ain't from Texas. <laughs> ah. And then Kyle's like, yeah, yeah, we want to drink with you, Zaki. <laughs> Smash balls. You know, other than acting all these wee Japanese, you know, they can't handle drink wearing. There's some really strong beers over any, like, there were some of the like alcohol percentages in certain Japanese like beers is apparently pretty high. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I think is allegedly due to like how like hard much harder everybody Japan is on drugs and everything. So like guys like we can't do drugs, so let's well, really let's really get into our booze. Yeah, we'll get really drunk. And also the whole sake thing is also because well yeah, we don't know what else Japanese people drink. Yeah. Then the rock does an advert for the SmackDown your vote the rock. And his millions and millions. <laughs> well, look, the next president of the United States. Uh, write down your vote. And oh, they, yeah, that was the other advert we got. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, the WF has signed up 50,000 new voters in our non-partisan <laughs> campaign. This is definitely no Republican. Uh, and then they claim that they've invited Al Gore and George Bush to appear on SmackDown. <laughs> and say whenever they agree to it, Jesse Ventura will mod- mediate it. Since we've never heard anything like this happening and it's not re- re- ever, ever been replayed, you can guess this didn't fucking happen. No. Because they thought, no, we have better things to do, like trying to convince people to let us run the country. Yeah, we can't be on the wrestling programme. No. There you go. Nope. <laughs> so I went on this one site and said, sorry, the store does not carry the product you're looking for. <laughs> this is not the cola you're looking for. <laughs> Go about your podcast. <laughs> That uh, it's not the RC edge you're looking for. <laughs> but uh, Undertaker versus Kurt Angle. Didn't really enjoy it fully. I wasn't really looking forward to it here either. No. And Tiger just, you know, lays into Angle. You know, and fucking punches, sidewalk slam. The old school. <laughs> Can he get through a match to the old school? No, 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 again. Why well, Undertaker, no matter how knackered or a bit pudgy he is, or even if he's healthy... Why can he never resist no matter what he's conditioned to do the old skill, even when he shouldn't be doing the old skill? Yeah. It makes less sense for the big, bad biker taker to be doing the old skill, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'd always thought that when he was going through the biker thing. Like, why do the old school, you know, dead man thing? Yeah, that's another place that sorry <coughs> doesn't do it. So, yeah. Unless it's weird people overcharging for any places like Evie, I don't think you're going to find much more about RC Edge. <laughs> This has inspired me. I might try and look up every week, try and look up more about the different sponsors that they have. That some there are some sponsors I've never heard of. I've never we, heard. Could, we could we could do a whole podcast on yeah the various sponsors of the ruthless era. But, but it's really, it's, but it's really weird. Like the four WF like ones you collect. Oh, collect the RCH post like WF poster. There's the you got China Edge because I think the only reason he was there was because Edge, you know. Yeah. And like Austin and Rock, like they're obvious changes. Obviously, they're like ah oh, Edge. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then Angle kind of goes to the DDT, starts working over Tiger's leg. I just watch every time I watch Tiger sell, I'm like, okay, when's he gonna start the comeback <laughs> and just batter you? Then when Chris Benoit, when Tiger gets Angle up for the last week, Benoit comes in, yeah. shoots at the leg. That they both start beating up uh, the Undertaker because Benoit's got an issue with Tiger after last week's number one contenders match, even though like. 
it gets more of the non-contention. Why is he going back after The Undertaker? Yeah. Uh, Triple H then comes out to chase off Kurt Angle, and then Benoit gets the last ride for his troubles. <laughs> and Stephanie is very upset at Triple H. Like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? How could you just... How, dare, how could you just... Like, if your Kurt's are friendly, I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care about Kurt. I don't trust anything Kurt Angle says. <laughs> Fine, maybe next time I should just get beat up. See how see if that makes you happy. See if that if now you don't care about Kurt Angle getting involved. <laughs> and I assume this is pre recorded, I don't know if this was live yet Sally. It didn't save yet Sally or anything, but yeah. That's in the movie here. They've been advertising during the whole show. A special message you know, insult on Raw as well. A special message from Steve Austin. What a special message it was. Also, can I say at the start of the show, instead of well, I know we got the main event announced kind of in the middle of like, with the candy cap match, but everything else was kind of Majority of the other matches were kind of announced ahead of time, like yeah. they had that weird SmackDown load. It looks like a load screen from the SmackDown video game, like it's a load screen with people's JPEGs just like superimposed onto select fighter. If you have selected Undertaker, player two selects Kurt Angle, <laughs> and this very unnatural like looking image just posted onto the SmackDown background. Yeah, they're announcing all them ahead of time, and then just put like a cut out of fucking Stone Cold on there. And I know a lot of people were cheering. And I'm wondering how many of them, when they heard Stevie Austin's going to be on SmackDown, he got special message. How many people who went to SmackDown were like, oh, Steve Austin's going to be here, live, as in he's going to be here in person? Mm. And how disappointed they must have been. I, I imagine greatly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't really think what we got on this episode in regards to Steel, Stone Cold was very good. Yeah. You know, it seemed like we built it up throughout the episode and we were like, you're kind of like, well, that was kind of nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like they were hyping out, and fans are happy to see Stone Cold because not been like we last time at back, but then there was nothing from him there because I think people got confused for a couple of weeks thinking he was back full time after the appearance at Backlash. Yeah. Then slowly but surely stopped chanting Austin during beatdowns after that, and like, oh well, I guess he's not back yet. Yeah. So then he, like, the fans are cheering the hell out of him, but like, they cheer him so much he can't actually hear what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> I don't know if it's to do with the volume of crowd or, or just the. Wherever they were filming, I'm assuming in Austin's house, Austin's house was not properly mic'd up. I guess. From maybe. Uh, been nine months uh, since I'm back. About nine months. You know, I'm here. I'm a man who does not forget. And I do not forgive. <laughs> so I've given the sorry son of a bitch who ran me over at Survivor Series. You got two weeks. You got until Unforgiven to come forward. Or I'm coming at Unforgiven. I'm going to conduct a special message. Why am I making him sound like fucking a shit cowboy? What? I'm <laughs> giving you... <laughs> My name's Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're making us sound more like a Hank Hill. <laughs> Bobby, I don't care if you're trying to ruin See? down Steve Austin. Well, that's just me purposely trying to be Hank Hill now. Uh, well, you're, you're, you're sounding like it already, kind of. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm giving... <laughs> <laughs> you made me self-conscious about that. I'm giving we'll ram me over until I'm forgiven. I'm conducting I'm going to interrogate every single WWS superstar till I find the son of a bitch who did and hope God has some mercy on your soul. I tell you what. <laughs> you be a dead son of a bitch I tell you that. Because <laughs> I certainly will and that's the bottom line because Hank Kill apparently said so. <laughs> Well, you try and do a better Steve Austin impression then. I don't want to. Do it. Do it, you coward. No. Do it. 
No. What? No. What? What? No. What? <laughs> yeah, Steve Austin's gonna be unforgiven. Please buy the pay per view. <laughs> but, I mean, that's really it. I mean, they were. He's not going to get back in the ring just yet. You'll see him. They said a couple. They said just it was came out just before. Came out just before SummerSlam that yeah. he was like eight or so weeks away. So we said they're holding off until No Mercy. But from Unforgiven onwards, we we've got the return of Steve Austin for the first time since Survivor Series, and first time since you've been on the show, you're gonna get to see Steve Austin on a. Are you looking forward to seeing Steve Austin back? On the TV, on the SmackDown show, like regularly. Yeah. Are you more of an Austin guy than a Rock guy? Oh me. I would ever say I was more an Austin guy. Mm. Like I never really got into the rock. Mm. You know, like I got like I was my only curious like see when he first debuted and he was like the yeah. blue chipper, you know yeah. Rocky Mayavia and the blue and white mm-hmm. and the weird tassel thingy. Mm. Yeah. Right. I was like, oh, oh that's that guy. Nah. I never got the whole like pure venomous hate of the guy. Yeah. You know, I just thought he was just a I never saw him becoming what he became. Yeah. Put it that way. It's very hard to see people become it. The ones actually do make it be and what they become when you first yeah, see them. like you look at like Rocky Mayavila, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm-hmm. You don't see either one of them becoming the fucking main event juggernauts they became. You'll, you'll get fucking Thugonomics John Cena. True. Yeah. yeah. You look at early Stone Cold. You look mm-hmm. like, what, the ringmaster? Yeah. Or even early, early Stone Cold. No, I was watching a video, by the way, it might seem random, but like, it was like a video kind of essay thing, it was like an hour long, about Steve, Dr. Jeff Steve Williams, about how Dominic used to be in Japan, and then he's coming over for the Brawl for All and everything. Yeah. And supposedly him using his real name, Steve Williams, is the reason that Steve Austin had to t- adopt the Austin name, because Steve Austin's real name is Steve Williams as well, uh-huh. and the promoter at the time, I think it was Bill Watts, who he was working for in WCW, who basically said, we can't have two Steve Williams... <laughs> so okay you can be Steve Austin <laughs> I don't actually know where the Austin name came from. I know there's a story about the stone cold thing about his wife saying you know, drink your tea before it gets stone cold yeah yeah well it would be interesting to see him getting back into like getting to see him on a weekly basis because before he went away uh, basically getting closer to Survivor Series like, you could tell Austin was doing a lot more brawl or a lot more infrequent action not actual matches because you clearly like the one on TV, but he also knows he really needs to leave soon to get that surgery. Yeah. And so I think he's going to come out and be more of a brawler. And Austin says he felt like in the time between this and Mania, he he didn't have the same edge or like didn't. It was just some cold energy wasn't the same time, which is why he thought about the heel turn. But well, we can judge that when he comes back. Yeah. But uh, Eddie Christian walked by an RC, of all things, an RC edge. Uh, a vending machine. Oh, a soda with my name on it. Now more than ever, sodas rule. <laughs> also, just before that, when Ed Christian said to him, Oh, we should, as we get the WF title, we should definitely go out to the IC title. You know, we'd be totally dripping in goldage. <laughs> and then they do the bit the sodas rule. Oh. Then they're all just attacked both of them with a chair. just like, Ah! <laughs> oh, like, Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Just with these, ah, fuck, he's battled him with it too. And then Rock comes out for his match. Christian comes out, lumping out, and says that Edge can't compete after what Rock did. You know what? I got assurances from Commissioner Foley 
this will be a handicap match tonight. Please meet my new partner. And I thought, I was thinking earlier on, Keane's not a gay guy, Keane. Another no. person was on the show. And then, then fucking Keane comes out for that. So it's Keane and Christian. That often remember tag team that we didn't know we needed. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> but if you watch the match, it's mostly Kane. Oh, yeah, mostly Kane. Kane, fe- featuring Christian. Yeah. Co-starting Christian in a minor role. Pretty much, because predominantly Kane doing most of the heavy lifting in this match. Yeah. So Kane bars the rock, such being the rock, or at least that's the hope from Christian, so he can sneak out. But he's right, he's, kind of, he's waiting on the outside looking for his open rockets, someone drop on Kane. The bronze the crave all that you can get your ears off and you come out of Christian saying, basically when Kane's off, he's going, yeah, get him, get him, get him. <laughs> and Kane uh, gets hit with a bell by the rock, the ring bell. Then Christian comes in with a clothing, that's why he starts like picking out the rock, trying to get him when he thinks he's weak. Yeah. Kane, Kane goes for the pin on the rock after a choke slam, but Christian breaks up, and then that's when this little uh, Charlotte partnership starts to break up. And uh, Kane hits a reverse DT. Kane starts like getting in his face, and Kane goes over the commentary table. King very half heartedly tries to to talk him out of it. Like, Kane, don't do this, don't. Might as well go and fill Gene Wilder. Stop, don't. <laughs> Come back. Stop. Don't do that. My God. <laughs> Edge comes out to stop Kane and everything. Uh, Christian tries to grab a tag belt. Rock, uh, Rock's too good, too smart for that. Rock bottom to Christian. Yep. Rock gets his one back over Christian. Rock when Kane turns around looking very angry about it, like that bloody Canadian cost me the WWF title. <laughs> oh, at least Kane got his rightful number one contender shot here. He got his title shot, but then he was mm. screwed out of it. So he's technically still the number one contender in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Unofficially, he's no. I think not screwed in officially. Officially, Kane's the number one contender. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then Kane choke slams Rock to the table to close it. As maybe Cole really oversell it. Kane's going out to the top. Kane wants what the Rock has. <laughs> I know it is just me being my Kane bias, me and my Kane shirt as I'm sitting here right now. You look, you're sh- looking good in the shirt. Thank you. A shirt that you bought for me. I appreciate that. I did, I did. Because I thought you'd think it was cool. It really feels like they're building at this point Undertaker, Benoit, at, at, at Unforgiven and Kane Rock. Yeah. At, which I think would actually be better than the... I remember it not being... I mean, a clusterfuck in not good ways, the eventual four-way that we're going to get Unforgiven. But what I, is the eventual four-way we get? Of, uh, Kane, Rock, Taker, Benoit. Right. Which on paper sounds great, I think. It does, but you have to remember the stages of career and mm-hmm. whatnot, mileage, where these guys were at all the time. But it, but it seems like it should be great, but I thought if you got this two single match, maybe in an alternate world it would be the Bear Kane versus Rock, Taker versus Benoit. Yeah, because I think there's a plan, big plans for like the ending of Rock Two, in which having around but no mercy. But I think it's Unforgiven is clear. Like ah, we need to stop that because the person we want Rock to lose to is busy with other things. Yeah, right now. But uh, but yeah, am I? Well, Kane is the rightful number contender at this point in two thousand. In the same fictional universe where, where Kevin Nash won the WWE title from from Bret Hart at a uh, in your house six because he got pulled under the rings tent but his feet touched first. And he escaped the cage. Yeah. Which I brought to you. I remember randomly thinking it, and then I loved your reaction. One of my favourite things on this show, well, we've done this show, where like, you're like, you're fucking, you're right, die. Then they all starts to come together, like, it's all, Bastard. it's all becoming clear. It's all falling into place. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is, uh, that is Smackdown. I mean, 
from a keen perspective, keen to totally head, so that's a double thumbs up just for that alone. <laughs> but overall as an episode, that's a solid thumbs up for me. Yes, yeah, like I say, there's nothing too spectacular in it, but good story build, uh-huh. good matches, a little bit of fun here and there with too cool. Yeah. Uh, and the, obviously the fun segment with APA and the Dudleys. I think also the next two weeks are going to be a very good, I think, because they're really going to start ramping up the card, because I know, I know of the Unforgiven card, I know the matches are already getting, and a couple of them like, look like they're very close to being set up, and like, their parents' guarantees, whereas others haven't really started their story yet, from yeah. what I've seen. But, you know, I won't spoil it about Unforgiven, but if you like Steve Blackman, you're going to enjoy Unforgiven for the oh, match he sweet, has. Sweet, sweet, cool. Because you know something? I like Steve Blackman. I know you like Steve Blackman. Very much you, so. You, you've never... You've, Never stop talking about him. Which you like Un- Steve unwavering support for Steve Blackman, the lethal weapon. I mean, we want to get through this Vince retrospective, but like, I keep wondering if we should do many other retrospectives in between the Vince part because I like spacing out the Vince thing. So, what do you think about that? Because after him, I think of another dealer retrospective I'm thinking of for quite long. So maybe we'll try and fit in some smaller retrospectives every so often. We talked about doing one about Howard Finkel, about Michael Cole. We should do one of Steve. Blackman. Oh, and I, was, I suggest a Steve Blackman yeah. one. It'll be interesting to talk about that old story about how he was going to come in in the 80s and then he got sick and had to work his way back up. Yeah. And then the way he came in, the WWF. Mm -hmm. You know, which was really cool. He came in as a a fan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, a brief thing thing with Ken Shamrock and Dan Sterling where they were almost partners and they had a feud with Ken Shamrock in 99. Yeah. To my knowledge, they never probably did anything with him and Dan Severin though, which would be interesting. No, but see, that's the thing. Like, like Blackman came up through a new gen era. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, sort of mid to late new gen. Well, just as it was rounding out the new gen into yeah. Attitude, yeah. So he came in just at the last end of new gen era, helped through Attitude, mm-hmm. got part way into Ruthless, you know, mm-hmm. and he had a couple of good runs during his, mm-hmm. during his time. You know, I mean, maybe he didn't get a lot of the big belts, but mm-hmm. he was still at times lee guy to see. Mm-hmm. It's mean they didn't try and continue wrestling that much like other players. Like, even when Ken Shamrock left, in like 99 he still showed up in like TNA in 2002 2003 yeah but Blackman pretty much was done from that point yeah I look forward to Unforgiven Paul if you had to recommend anything from this show what would you recommend a segment or match oh I would probably I would probably recommend the too cool RTC match Mm. that was probably a better match out of all the matches on it yeah from an ring standpoint if you're looking for a, like, a serious, like, oh my god, drama kind of moment, you want to watch the Eddie and China segment. But just, but just be warned that it does get it uncomfortable. It does get uncomfortable, but if you can handle it, I recommend, because yeah. it's, good, it's good storytelling, yeah. which at that point in time, in my opinion, was rare for the WWF. But if you were going to, like, if I was going to recommend match, I'd probably see RTC, you're like, if I was biased and you were also a keen fan the main event <laughs> but uh, for the segment if I had to recommend a segment it would be the rock Asian Christian stuff oh yeah yeah that, see that's a fun segment that's yeah, good so. yeah that has been another episode of Smadow make sure to follow Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions let us know your thoughts and opinions on this please show do. if you have any if you're watching all our TFL members of this period and uh, you, TFL members of the upcoming Unforgiven preview did you ever try RC Edge Maximum Power Cola Please <laughs> be sure to let us know. Answers on a postcard. Have we're going to square pains at SB Rally, our other show, Scott Bulgar and Podcast can be found on that. Also on Facebook.com forward slash Ron Podcast. 
Rogue Opinions is also on Instagram at Rogue underscore Opinions. You can get me on Twitter at Scott McLeod 1996. Uh, you can check out the back catalogue of Rogue Opinions past episodes of Rogue Opinions Madden Future, myself and Paul recently, SummerSlam, yeah. Carl Pierce joined us for that preview. We're going to get another guest in for Unforgiven. Cool. Uh, you can find Scott around podcast on our, on our own feed and this feed. We can get both feeds wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Where me and Paul have done episodes recently on Impact, on uh, Wrestle, classic WrestleManias. We've done. We're going to have some uh, non-wrestling ones hopefully coming up soon. Some Fraser well, stuff, maybe. Your well. uh, own Rogue Opinions, The Rank Bank, is its first ever two-parter. <laughs> part one is uh, should be out now. All the part, our ranking of every WWE champion. We got thir- there are 54. We got through 30 in the first part. We thought, we're, we've been here an hour and a half. Let's cut it there, and then we're going nice. to come back. Was there any Was there any heated moments or arguments in the first section? Reese and Carl really... Really, were conflicted about Sean and Brett. Why? Well, what? Well, in terms of like where they thought they should both go. Like, well, obviously, Sean goes above Brett. I recommend listening to the show if you want to know where Ron goes. I'm not giving away any spoilers. Okay, but obviously, Sean goes above Brett. I tried for the sheer bants, uh, to put Kane in the top tier for as a joke to keep the gimmick, and they were all, they almost went along with it, but then they didn't. But, yeah. But no, obviously will, Sean goes above Brett. I will spoil that Sid is in the middle tier, or five years Sid is in the middle. We 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 talked about how we, we all admitted on the show we like we love Sid. Yeah. But we're we're ranking people based on the times there and the reigns of as champion. Yeah. His, I, his two reigns. His two reigns were very short, and also his match with Taker. I mean, the thirteen we loses the second second title. He may or may not have shit himself. Is where they talked about as one of the lesser Mania main events ever. Yeah. So that. Plus as much when he wins the belt for Sean, it's a survival series, so. Yeah, it, I, I even said on the show that might be, in terms of his WAF run, the best match he ever had. Yeah. I don't know. I say that because I don't know if there's maybe some stuff in the best, best result. Mm-hmm. Best crowd reaction. I was talking, about, I was talking all about easily interested in now, so I'd the who's the man? Who's yeah. The, so go listen to that episode if you want to. Uh, Pony, even me and Carl might be taking a brief break on that we might do one or two episodes between uh, now and June where the next big Marvel show comes out that we want to talk about because we haven't got much to talk about at the minute uh, I'm also on Super, Eat Sleep Super Play Retreat's now flagship show East of Star Central mm. which has now moved to a new studio the second episode I'm I'm on the second episode of it but listen to the first episode of this new relaunch Central well we're in a new studio I've seen the setup. it's all it's very like, nice and professional nice so I go uh, it's a different feel. That's why I remember those would be here where we couldn't do it in person. This show and I felt kind of I didn't, I wasn't enjoying myself as much. But then we got now we're back together and I enjoy us recording in person. Like certain shows can be recorded remotely, but some shows need to be face to face. And I think ours is one of them. Yeah. Check all that all that great content. Carl and Nathan and all those guys are all making great content. They're working for you as well every every day every week. So check it all out. Trying to think now after <laughs> after this episode, what do we do for the outro? I had an idea in my head and oh, slowly, oh, do tell, do tell. it's slowly but surely slipping away from me. Uh, That's not that doesn't seem like a very good idea of slipping away. I was thinking about it, but then another idea claw, trying to push it back. away. <laughs> I'm trying to claw it back. I'm trying to think who claw do we back, man. Claw I'm back. trying to think who do we talk about enough in this episode to warrant their theme I almost want to say test, but test was talked about for the wrong reasons, Aye. I think. 
Oh, well, also we talk. We do talk about uh, Eddie and China a lot, but yeah. when there is that problem, I don't want to hear their music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't play that. Ah, uh, okay, let's play two cool since they had a better match. I let's do. I let's do them. Should we play them or Kane? Them or Kane. What would you prefer? Well, there's many variations. Let's play Kane because it's his birthday. Is it? Oh, yeah, the time recording it is his birthday. Right, let's play Kane because it's his birthday. Because there's variations of Kane just on, I think we've used in the past. I don't know which version. Maybe I'll use that one that you said that they, they wrote for him but never used. Was it, who is it that did it again? Well, I just heard a room with Typo Negative. Typo Negative, but I've heard it referred to as the Kane song, so I think there may be yeah. some validity to that, remember? Oh yeah, well, so let's use the typo negative. Like it's a different a variation of the yeah, game. Let's shake up a little version, bit. Yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah, and you, cool. you guys can listen to this and tell us if you think that this would have been a good, uh, or if you, or if you just think it's cool as fuck. Yeah, if, if you think it's a good theme for Kane. Also, let me know at Scotland ninety six of any other weird sponsors you remember from this period. And again, any negativity you have for Paul's thoughts with George Costanza at Nathan Greenaway. On Twitter, I didn't say anything really bad. I just say, yeah, I know I'm saying, but people, but people can take things the wrong way. Yeah, well, you know, don't take it the wrong way. I didn't mean the man, just the character. The character is butthole. No, <laughs> you aren't buttholes for listening to this, so we thank you for that. Kid. No, you people are awesome. Well, from from Paul, I have been Scott. And from Scott, I have been Paul. And that has been the Rogue Retro Smackdown review. Awesome.